episode 33 of the Captain Crew Cast of Pods. This is the podcast for December 2016. I'm your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Fesh. Hello. TJ. Yo. Fish. Hi. Aaron. Hello. And Kat. Hi. All right. And we are going to get started tonight. And just to give you guys a quick heads up, similar to what we did last year, um, we are going to do a spoiler cast for Rogue One that will actually take place at the end of the episode. We'll, so we'll do our normal closing and then stick around. Then you'll hear us actually dive into the spoiler discussion. But we will do before the end of the show a spoiler free one. So you can hear both similar to what we did with uh, Force Awakens. But uh, before we dive into any of that, we are going to start the show the way we start every other episode, and that is the question of the night, which is, would you rather be stranded at the North Pole or at the Island of Misfit Toys for all eternity? And I'm going to start tonight with TJ. So when we say North Pole, are we talking Santa's workshop? You can leave that open to interpretation. So you can choose that to be Santa's workshop or straight up the North Pole. Okay, and then my second clarifying question is, are we talking specifically from Rudolph in both cases? <clears throat> any North Pole variation that you potentially could want. But bear in mind any of these situations. But we're going to say the Island of Misfit Toys is the Rudolph version straight okay. up. Okay. Um, excellent. I'm staying at the North Pole with Tim Allen and Santa Claus. Okay. <laughs> now, bear in mind, I'm going to add a little caveat on this one. Because I did say this is all eternity. You will never be able to leave. Yeah. You will have no access to internet. Nothing. It is just what you would think of as classic Santa's workshop. Does the stuff that's there and that's it. Yeah. So you are cut off from the rest of the world permanently. Right. She looked terrified. So. No internet. I know. Uh -huh. I know. No, no, no. That's why you pick, pick Tim Island with Santa Claus. Because he just brings everything back with him. Remember, he mm -hmm. hits a rocket pack at some point in those things. Got mine figured out. Okay. So you're going the Tim, uh, uh, Tim the, Allen... Tim Allen's... The, the Santa Claus. Yes. Okay. That North Pole. Okay. Fish. Well, I was going to say that the elves are already trained to make everything. Yeah, exactly. So um, it doesn't matter which version of the North Pole it is. Uh, you have to go with the North Pole simply because what are you going to get at the Island of Misfit Toys? Well, bear in mind, it's modern-day Island of Misfit Toys, though, too. So you're going to think about the random stuff that's on a clearance rack at Target that doesn't sell and gets liquidated back. Or the hatchables But, that but don't you hatch. also have to remember, it has but to malfunction as well. It does. So, <laughs> But they become sentient and friends. So, But they're all kind of slightly mentally damaged a little bit. So, well, think about it. If you have more than likely defective toys from today's modern society... They're probably all slightly possessed. I don't so want think a defective about, Teddy Ruxpin, yeah. Well, I was going to say, think about all the Furbies that would greet you every day. All right, so for the record, <laughs> is now anyone picking the Island of Misfit Toys? Fesh, Fesh alone. Oh, it has nothing to do with friends. All right, Paul, how about you? I'm picking the Island of Misfit Toys Why? because I'm going to hunt those toys. <laughs> If I'm stuck there for eternity, I'm going to have to entertain myself. Okay. And I see myself, a la Arrow, if you will, just methodically wiping out each you have new boatload this of Christmas. Mis yeah, each new boatload of toys that shows up, coming up with more and more sadistic ways of bringing a fast end to them. This is like the most dangerous game, but but with misfit toys. But yeah, it's, it's kind of the soft and cuddly version of it all. Unless they unload a lot of Japanese fighting toys, at which point that's probably the end for me. Yeah, but their hands fall off. That's true. Yeah, but <laughs> they fall off or and then or go they, shooting or at they you with have rockets. flowers for hands. 
Because that's oh, more of the dude. island of Misfit yeah, Toy Yeah, that style. is what happened. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like, weird malfunctions. Oh, mm-hmm. Like a train with square wheels. You know. uh-huh. mm-hmm. well, that's fish just... that can't survive in water. Mm-hmm. That's just going to make the, the, the Killing Fields that much more sad, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Oh. I'm sticking with it. Okay. <laughs> well, they actually did have like a, a early version of Joust in there. There was the cowboy that rode the ostrich, and yes. we later got Jousts, which was... People riding ostriches and jousting. So you can you at least get a real world version of joust. Yeah. So that's all good. Uh how about you, Kat? Definitely North Pole. If you remember in the island of Mr. Toys, they the toys all want to leave. They're like, get us the fuck off this island. Like it's gonna, a sad, gonna, sad, yeah, sad I'm not, place. I'm not going there. That sounds miserable. <laughs> With a tyrant of like a is it a griffin? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he was so grumpy. And I'm sorry, that, that griffin that. could fly. He could have at any time delivered those damn toys, but no, yeah. he did not. He kept them in exile. <laughs> it's kind of like the North Korea of toys. <laughs> How about you, Erin? Uh definitely North Pole. North Pole? <laughs> Just yeah. Especially after yeah. the image Absolutely. of seeing all the fr- broken Furbies green you. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would, yeah, no. Oh, God, nighttime would feel creepy. Exactly. You so would just hear the, like, gears of, like, the little things that shimmy across and, like, the wind-up sound going. This, and this all of a sudden turned to, like, Friday nights at, or, like, Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Good nights would take forever. All the Furbies would keep talking to each other. Oh, my God. They would, well, they actually would probably, I wonder how much they can learn. Oh, got sentient Furbies? Well, yeah, but what so difference would it make? They couldn't for... move. <laughs> the Furbies true. could only rock back and forth, so they could be as intelligent as Einstein. All right, yes, they would be able to move because all the other toys could move on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. <clears throat> yeah, I get it. But it would still, it's there's a difference between moving and being able to build they're, something. They're still just going to be creepy. Yeah. So, <laughs> North Pole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think I gotta go North Pole as well. Uh, the more and more that we keep talking about the Island of Misfit Toys, it's starting to stay in like a scarier and scarier place. And I'm like, this could be kind of cool. They had fun characters that lived there. And I'm like, ooh. There's a lot of time has passed since that Rudolph special to now. Yes, but none of, none of the characters wanted to live there. Yes. That was the key thing in that. Paul is doing a service to society. Yeah, I think so. He's going to clean clean the lands and then he will have a new a new island. And or every get year in the process. Every year it gets repopulated. See, that's the interesting thing. Every year it's brand new misfit toys, all of which will react differently than than past misfit toy groups have. So every year I'm gonna have to come you up can't with Can't let them learn bad habits from the old ones that have been around for too uh, long. And maybe not, but maybe you do. Maybe you leave a couple of old timers around just to indoctrinate the new incoming crowd. You don't want it to be too Actually, I think the more more likely scenario is that the toys kill fish and wear him. (laughs) This is a risk I'm willing to take. For science. This is going to be like the oddest version of Gulliver's Travels I ever did see. (laughs) Fesh unzips, it's just furries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that, that creeped me out. And I, I'm, hey, I'm sure. not sleeping tonight. I don't know about the rest of you. Well, this is a really good transition into the first thing we were going to talk about. So uh, one of the things is because this is being recorded in between Christmas and New Year's. So we, me and Kat were actually watching a horror movie, a Christmas horror movie recently. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of spurred the thought process in her head. It was the oddest Christmas that movies we have ever seen. So I was kind of curious on where you guys all stand on that one. Teej. Uh, I'm going to go with Rudolph. Okay, I want a good explanation on this. Okay, the song, okay, if you listen, which came before the special, yeah, okay, takes about what, 15, 16 seconds to sing? Yeah. Okay, maybe 30 if you're moving slow at the beginning. Okay, when was the last time you watched that movie? Uh, like every year. 
Who the hell is Cornelius? Where the hell did he come you from? You Cornelius. Cornelius. He was mining for gold. Yeah. He's not in the song. DJ. Also, I would like. To, I would also like to point out that really He's the, got theme, his own song. the theme of the <laughs> the song is that anybody can be special, but the theme of the movie is your only use. Your only uh, you can only stick around if you're useful. Yeah. Because they get rid of the gay elf. Because dent- dentistry is just another word for gay. <laughs> what? No, no, seriously. No, no. Go watch that elf again, okay? I'm not and just he... substitute the word gay for every time he says dentist. I mean, he might have been an effeminate elf, but, you know. But they're elves. But they're, <laughs> they're elves. elves. No, no. Every other elf is butch. <sighs> except for him. Hmm. Okay? Yeah, they're but... all yeah, rotten to Rudolph, including Santa Claus. Yeah, we just rewatched this movie a couple days ago, and Santa <laughs> is a dick. He's a dick in that movie. Blames Blitzen, or who's Donner? Donner says, "Donner, what the hell is?" Basically, says, "What the hell is wrong with you for having a kid with a glowing nose?" What the hell? This is Santa Claus. Side effect of all that magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Stop snorting the, the magic powder. You're just supposed to sprinkle it on. You know. And you all father, think that's snow up there? Yeah. Yeah, they throw him out. Santa's giant. The kids basically. I mean, the 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 when the nose appears, almost all of the adults just their minds are blown. Oh their God. eyes spin around, and nobody oh, can deal that. with it. Okay, this is the worst children's movie, <laughs> hands down. And then they go off Did to the island. Did you ever notice um, in the Randy end of Rudolph too when yes. in the final credits when they're dropping all the presents off? And they drop the bird that can't fly. Yes! yes! <laughs> the Island of Misfit Toys. Because don't they all have parachutes except that? Except the bird. The bird has them. They take it away and push the bird out the thing. <laughs> I never realized that till as an adult we watched it and I was like, they just killed the bird. Yeah. No. They just No, they very much do. We watched this last year. Did you see the body? Also, where the hell does the Island of Misfit Toys come from? Because Santa doesn't know about it. No, maybe he does. He just doesn't care about them. Which is worse! (laughs) I'm I'm still stuck on dentistry being an allegory for gay. (laughs) Just in that movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, no. Go watch it. I will. What strikes me odd is you would think back then, you know, dentistry would have been a manly thing to do. Dentist assistant, I would have gotten. Yeah. But he wanted to be a full-blown dentist. I think it was just he wanted to be different. Uh, And different equaled bad. had, Had he wanted to be a nurse... In the time that that show was made, had he wanted to be a nurse, that would have been a much more clear yeah, connection. But, but when think. you listen to him talk, as opposed to every other elf, he's obviously gay. No, he's independent. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Oh, also, well if you watch the... So originally, Corneli- uh, Yukon Cornelius is mining peppermint. That's why yeah. he... That's, that's why, why he, he licks his, his pickaxe. Mm-hmm. But no, they no, don't. He finds peppermint at the end. He's initially mining silver and gold, hence the whole silver and gold song that he sings. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so. But then he finds peppermint. I didn't see the movie. No, no, that was added in after. Originally, it was cut that he was supposed to be mining peppermint because the silver and gold song is sung by the. Um, it's it's snowman. snowman. It's for lives. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but they don't but mention they cut that. that part so out the of entire the movie. thing that you see He's is him just expert. licking his tool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what miners have always historically done, <laughs> so if I remember correctly. Oddest Christmas movie ever? 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love it. <laughs> Great. I know what I'm doing before I go to sleep tonight. I, I thought I had a good one. I was going to go... I, I, I'm going to go with Santa Slay. Um, oh, God, Lord. Santa Slay is yeah. a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Christmas horror tale uh, starring uh, Goldberg from WCW slash WWE, WWF, whatever the fuck it was, um, as playing Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is actually Satan who lost a curling match against one of the angels and is forced into servitude to do nothing but good deeds for, I think it's like a thousand years or two thousand years. Mm-hmm. And it also stars uh, Claire from Lost at oh, a very yeah. young age. She was like a baby then. But it is a hardcore horror film that is ridiculous, full of puns, and absolutely wonderful. It's pretty awesome. And it all comes back at the end with a giant curling match versus Santa and uh, I think the angels... Uh, grandson on Earth. I think so. It's been a while. So it's the it's Angel's quite grandson. On sort Earth. of, yeah. It's a kind of a bizarre it's a story. Weird movie. It's that a very way, very that bizarre story. That made you stop in the curling match. <laughs> I will with say, the angels and Satan. If, if you did. need it to make more sense, it does take place in Canada. There we yeah. go. <laughs> okay, so, and it's a said. it's a well documented fact that Santa pull or sorry Satan pulls to the left when he bowls. He, he does. He misses the house every single time. <laughs> uh, also, notable other uh, actor in there is Dave Thomas. So well, that's because it was contractual, contractually for Dave Thomas, and if there was a Canadian, Canadian movie, movie. <laughs> yeah. he had to be in it. <laughs> Who was brooming for Satan? Just had a curiosity. <laughs> Some demon. Uh, I think they. I forget who was brooming for him as they were curling. Who, I think who they had Santa? Goldberg, oh, okay. the wrestler. It was hilarious. It's There's a, a really funny there, movie. There is a wonderful sequence at a strip club where Santa kills everyone for being naughty. Which Makes was sense. really just kind of fun and wonderful. It is one of the greatest, dumbest Christmas movies I have ever seen, and I will watch it anytime I see it. So now I want to watch it. it sounds awesome. awesome. Fish, so, I really so, don't have an odd Christmas movie. Really? Um, the the worst I can think like odd circumstances that happen is it's a wonderful life. Because mm-hmm. the man loses all his money, mm-hmm. goes to commit suicide, and Angel saves him. Oh, sorry. And Angel saves him and convinces him that he does want to live by showing him what the world would be like without him. Mm-hmm. And he never gets the money back, and... He does at the end. No. Remember, everybody doesn't everybody pitch in or no. something and donates the money? They I do. they do. Oh, okay, so some... Whoever stole the money from him, I... Well, yeah, there's Mr. no justice. Potter, there's yeah. no justice served. Yeah. Right. It's odd that, you know... Um, it's not very Christmassy it, to me. It doesn't. I know it's. I still it's, have never seen it. I'll it tell is, you what. Yeah. It is yeah, a masterpiece. Yeah, it really. It um, actually is. You have seen it every single. I no, you have every I single time. Any show references somebody about to die, and then they get taken through this. This is what would happen if you work here. Story you've seen it. You've yeah. seen it. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful. It's now a trope. Because that trope has yeah. been used. Yeah. Or it doesn't nauseam. scream Christmas to me. Yeah. Or That's you've fair. seen that movie scattered through a, another thousand different movies yeah. on in the background yeah. where you have seen it. Because if I guarantee, if you sat down and watched it, you'd be like, I know every one of these scenes. Every yeah. one of them. Uh-huh. It's it's so weird because it's so played up every time people are the, watching something during a Christmas special. The only thing I would say that, that you probably wouldn't know is when they're when they're supposed to go on their honeymoon, they wind up moving into their house, their leaky old house instead. That one doesn't get shown a lot on Christmas specials. Yeah, uh, 
So that might be the only scene that surprises you. Everything else is pretty much out there. Yeah. Oh, Kat? I would say Krampus. I mean, it's odd, but it's fantastic. Um, it's about Krampus. So it's it's Christmassy. I mean, it takes place on Christmas. And actually, I think, apart from um, uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it probably has, like, the best um, depiction of family dynamics during Christmas. It's mm. hilarious. I mean, it's definitely a horror but it starts out like very what you'd expect. It's actually made by uh, Michael Doherty, who is most notably known for Trick or Treat, okay. which is the mm-hmm. anthology Halloween movie. So this was his Christmas one, it was so but not cool. anthology. It's a straight, you know, start to finish. Aaron, I have to say, uh, it's I kind of shudder every time I think I actually do watch this movie almost every year. But um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jingle All the Way. This has become a Christmas classic in my house. My father loves this movie. Pretty yeah. much. That's the one where he's after the toy, right? He's after the toy. Yes. It's, it's the Turbo <laughs> Man. And he didn't get the toy in time for like the big craze to start. And now it's the day before Christmas and he has to get the toy. And he's trying to do everything it, he can. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Sinbad. Sinbad. And, and Ar- Phil Hartman's in it. Oh and God. Rita Wilson's in it. <laughs> Phil Hartman plays the... And Jake Lloyd's in it. Jake and Lloyd's in it as the son. Yeah, yeah Phil Hartman's the next-door neighbor who's like the quote-unquote perfect father. Who is trying to get up on his wife. Oh, he's totally getting up on Rita Wilson. <laughs> it's a... Oh yeah. yeah. And then uh, J- uh, Jim Belushi uh, is in it as uh, like a crooked Santa who's like kind of running a black market ring. Oh my God. It's it's hilarious. And I, we rewatched it this year at my house because my father watches it every single Christmas. And yeah. it is odd, odd as hell, but I laughed through almost the entire movie. That's awesome. How about you? Uh, I don't have a particular movie in mind. I was thinking about going with Four Rooms, but then decided that's too close to to the end. Um, I do have a favorite Christmas episode from Stroker and Hoop, which used to be on uh, Adult Swim. Very obscure. Somebody shaking their head. So yep. Fish Fish remembers it. But there was there was an episode based around Christmas where Stroker and Hoop, uh, after finding a, a poisoned Santa Claus, uncover the fact that the uh, uh, the spirits of Christmas, past, present, and future are running a scam to win lottery winnings. So the ghost of Christmas future brings back lottery tickets or lottery numbers to the the ghost of uh, Christmas past, who gives them to the ghost of Christmas present, who then plays the numbers. And I think Santa Claus, if I remember correctly, Santa Claus found out about it, so they went to off Santa Claus. But Stroker Hoop got it all settled out. It was a decent episode. <laughs> That's awesome. Ah, okay, that was some interesting answers that I didn't quite expect, but that's... <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, actually, one of the main things we wanted to do tonight, and this will kind of dominate our front half of the show, is um, well, this is the final episode for 2016. Thank so, God. yes. I mean, <laughs> uh, or here, sorry. This is the final episode of The Dumpster Fire that was 2016. Yeah. So we are figuring yeah. this is a good time for us to look back at the best and worst of 2016 specifically in the realms of books. So books being any type of book, audiobook, comic, print, ebook, whatever it may be, movies, TV, games, which is board games and video games, and then music for any of us that are actually keeping up with current trends in music, which the majority of us is probably a big fat no. Um, and bear in mind, this is going to be what we maybe have consumed may not be necessarily things that came out in 2016, but for the most part, I think that's where a lot of us will be. Um, so... I figure we'll just 
kind of gun right down the list. And we'll just start right off with, uh, actually, no, let's get music out of the way. <laughs> um, okay. Does anybody have anything that stood out to them massively as, like, one of the best things they heard musically in 2016? Uh, I got into Hamilton in 2016. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, Hamilton is for me yeah. as well. Um, yep. I heard of a group called Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> some pretty catchy tunes. Like my, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. they're like two decades late on that. Oh. But he heard it for the first time this year. So that, that would count. That would be a lie. <laughs> Actually, Imagine Dragons. I just got into them recently. So okay. that is something I consumed yeah. just this year that I really, really like their music. But uh, Nickelback. Nickelback. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This show is over. No. <laughs> TJ, you're going to have to leave the room. <laughs> you're being voted off the island. Goodbye. Um, I'll I, take I would have to me. say Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Yeah, yeah their new album yes. came out this year. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I heard some of the songs from that. It was good. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. How about least favorite music? Hmm. Klezmer music, probably. Honestly. In general. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> I think most top 40s that I've been hearing re- as of late makes me kind of... Anything just... by Miley Cyrus, I just want to put... <laughs> Justin here. Bieber can go away for... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> has, have they done anything in 2016? Yeah. yeah. Really? They're yeah. still around. Both They're still did. putting stuff out. They're still... Well, I know Bieber's touring because he's been an asshole to every single... I think he's in, in like the European tours right now and he's been an ass. Yeah, but... It's, every it's, single time. It's not really his fault, <laughs> I think. I mean, he's a terrible human being. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to remember how his career started out. It That's started true. out on YouTube and it started out with him basically consuming the vile pit that is YouTube comment sections for years and then making it. That's true. He was jaded far before the money and fame came around and now he's just kind of returning that uh, that uh, that shit back into the ether, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. That's my interesting. opinion. Yeah, it's my opinion, but... Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Um, Alright, well, we're going to get out of music. I figure we at least <laughs> should at least touch on it, <laughs> but now we'll actually kind of start taking this seriously. So, oh, okay. um, or seriously. as... Me. So seriously. Yeah, oh, Totally. Alright, so as far as books and comics, so as soon as you have one, just dive right in as far as what you think was the be-all, end-all in No this. one else read it, but A Court of Mist and Fury was phenomenal. What? A Court of Mist and Fury? <laughs> Who is that by? It's a young adult um, fantasy by Sarah J. Moss. Really, really, really beautifully written. Um, the first book in the series is kind of Beauty and the Beast-ish. It's just phenomenal. Actually, it's um, <sighs> an author in Bucks County. Really? Enough. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, for me, one of the things that really stuck out was DC Rebirth. God damn it. Uh, and like I said, I hate to gun right to a comic on this, but this was phenomenal. Everything about this was like, you know, comics have been like an ebb and flow with me for so long where I mean, I'd read hardcore for six months, at, or sometimes it'd be stretches like two, three years where I just read everything and then there'd be points in time where i'm not reading anything for years at a time just keeping up through podcasts reading reviews uh and rebirth was everything i was really disappointed about with the new 52 and them saying hey we're sorry we screwed up this is us reminding you we haven't forgot about these major things and this is us getting ready to right a lot of wrongs and it did so in a way that i never anticipated especially having characters like Alan Moore's Watchmen being the cause of everything changing and going wrong. And having them weave the Watchmen into DC proper for the very first time was 
insane and mind-blowing, and I got my Wally West back, like my original Flash that I read growing up, because I was, when I started reading comics, Barry Allen wasn't my Flash. So this was, you know, a special that was just amazing page to page to page. The art was gorgeous, and it made me remind myself why I love comic books so much. So, Well, I'll build off of that and get a little bit more specific. Um, Superman, uh, it, it will probably surprise no one here that Superman is probably <laughs> my favorite character in the DC pan- uh, pantheon. And for the past eh, eight or nine years, he's not been that good. Uh, even before Rebirth, he was kind of flagging. They, when they did, uh, I'm sorry, before the New 52, he was kind of flagging. When they did Rebirth, they brought back the pre-Flashpoint Superman. Uh, the Superman that fought Doomsday, the Superman that died and returned. Um, but they brought him back, married to Lois Lane, and with a son, uh, Jonathan Kent. And it has been Fantastic. It's amazing to watch Superman the father. It's amazing to to read about this kid who's now eight years old and coming into superpowers and not being able to fully control them. Uh, like his heat vision only activates when he gets excited or scared. Um, <clears throat> so having that, and then on you know that's in the main Superman book in the action comics, you now have. Uh, <clears throat> two Superman running around in the Superman we all know, and then Lex Luthor has taken on the mantle of Superman and decided that he is Metropolis's protector. Um, and it's just fantastic to read, so I highly recommend that. So wait, he comes into That's his good. superpowers around the age of eight. Yeah. Therefore, basically erasing any conversation about the legitimacy of a, a Kryptonian in, in a regular human's womb. Yes. So no kicking its way out and none of those other... Right. Okay, that's actually a pretty pretty smart way of going about yeah, he, stopping that, that and, and those kinds of questions. What's great is he yeah. wears... Uh, his costume is jeans that constantly have to get replaced because every time he lands from his jumps, he rips the holes in the jeans. So Makes he's sense. basically wearing holy jeans. And the mm-hmm. coolest... Je- uh, it's, a ho- it's a hoodie, but when you pull down the hood, it actually becomes a Superman cape. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, and he, he, good. so when he unzips the, the so when he zips up the hoodie, it's mm-hmm. the Superman animal. And that's how, and, and he's always wearing, right now he's always wearing the hoodie, but it's always unzipped, so when he goes to do super stuff, mm-hmm. he zips up the hoodie. And it's it's the it's that little touch that makes him kind of like a real a real kid. Yeah. Because that's the real kid's disguise. I'm going to zip up the hoodie. Mm. <laughs> Super cute. I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am wearing a hoodie for the record. <laughs> it is currently unzipped. I was going to say I can tell it's you still. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Wait, what are you doing? Uh, what are you zipping uh, Oh, no. Where oh, did, no, Mike disappeared. Where did, where did fish go? Where did fish go? Good job playing that up for an audio podcast. So you did great. Everybody at least will be able to follow along. Descriptive. That's the important thing, descriptive. I've just been playing catch-up this year. I've been so far behind. Um, so me and Ashley have caught up on uh, Jessica Jones. I know, again. Oh, so good. Yeah, we're talking books. books. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we're talking books, aren't we? Aww. Yeah, huh? Aww. What do you read, Feshy? 
I, my problem is, I with my library, yeah. I've continuously been rereading older books that I really enjoyed. I'm I having know a, we're still waiting for what's um the Patrick Rothfuss's new one. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for that year. to come out, which <laughs> that's understandable. At least he's still producing. I've yes. given up on George R. R. Martin pretty that much is, moving forward. I don't think I his series is getting finished. No, I, I honestly don't see it happening. He's old enough that yeah. Um, the other the other issue I'm having it's it's hard finding good books. Uh, when I do manage to make it out to a bookstore. There's so much content, and, yeah. and in the past I've been burnt, and I've been burnt this year. I bought books that you know they, the blurb looked good. What ones? Ah, I can't think of any right off the bat, and I honestly don't know if they were released this year or whether they were older yeah, ones. Yeah. But you you pick books up and you get about three or four chapters in, and it's just kind of like nothing's clicking. And so what I go. started doing to combat that because I have that problem too. Like I either love it or I don't finish it, and so I um on my Kindle I just do samples now. If it looks interesting to me, I will download the sample. I don't have a Kindle. Oh, that that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you could download it to your computer in a Kindle app. But, I have been but I've been fighting anything other fighting than fighting the technology. Yeah. There's yeah. this amazing thing called a library where you can go borrow the books. You can borrow books. the books. You I thought libraries were homeless That's people's shame. <laughs> there's also My personal experience is, well. is in the past and it led me to believe. Even um, even the library has kept up though because there is also overdrive.com where you can borrow ebooks from the library. Really? Which is oh, awesome. Doesn't do me any good. It doesn't I don't do have you a any Kindle. Good, no. But <laughs> you can those borrow ebooks? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes, you can. It's awesome. That's insane. I yeah, love it. you use the Overdrive app. And so you just huh. sign on with your library card and whatever ones your library has stocked, you can minor in some library in Indiana, which is how I know this. <laughs> You're borrowing ebooks from a library. No, and yeah, some books. of Kat's books are actually in a, library. 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 In a library. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I was like, why would you bother going to another state to borrow ebooks? I mean, I get it. We're all interconnected now, but that's. Uh, well, all right. Then, because you, out of everything you even reread this year, what is the one that you, you find yourself you went back to? Oh, I've gone back to Larry Niven's uh, Man Kazin Wars series. Uh, it's a long series of, of books by a variety of. Of authors, some of them are short stories, some are full-length novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Larry Niven may go down as my favorite author uh, mm-hmm. in the the fantasy realm. Uh, he's prolific. His writing, he's written a ton. If you've ever played Halo, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you kind of owe Larry Niven for that because Ringworld okay. was, in my opinion, the uh, the inspiration for at least the the basic layout of, uh, of, see, of Halo's yeah. world. Uh, you know, I don't think he gets good credit for it personally, but is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's basically been taken up all my time because there's and I now find myself running around because I bought I, there's like twenty or thirty of them out there. I bought them all at one point in time, but I've moved since then. Yeah. So now I find myself going, okay, I'm done with seven. Time to search the bookcases because eight's here somewhere. I'll <laughs> find I, it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And then I told myself when we moved, I was going to organize all of my books. You know what's great for alphabetical that? Alphabetical by author. Books. They're that fantastic. Hasn't happened. Yeah, but. Nobody ever walks into your house and sees your Kindle there and goes, oh, what a prolific reader you are. You I, have a, and I kind too. of like the look of a ton of books. So, so wait, do you really care what people think of you then? Yeah, to, to, to a great degree. Uh, yeah. No, that means you, what you should do is you get, um, you know, like one of those Microsoft surfaces. You mount it on the wall. And it's just your Kindle library. Just, up, and that's it. And people can through skim covers, through it. Yes. That's a it's tempting. Idea. That's tempting. That actually would be really damn cool. Yeah, yeah, it actually would be pretty awesome. Yeah, from a surface. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, I would sit there and read it every second. I no, 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 I mean just having it nailed to the wall for people to scroll That's through. That's true. I feel yeah, like we well, can so do other things with it, too. So. I think there's so many better things to do with the, with the table Microsoft Surface. I mean. <laughs> well, I, I think nailing it to the wall would probably make it somewhat unfunctional to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll take you literal, and I will actually drive nails through yeah. a Surface. And Should then we say mount it to the wall? Mount yeah. it sounds yeah. better. Mount yeah. it is the proper term. Although I'll just super glue like an old picture frame book on it. There you go. But that makes me feel... It's sort of like the bookcase. You've got to have an old feel to it, right? You know? New tech meets old technology, and then... It's my Kindle. Then the you super glue fails, and you... bookcase shelves and have one for each shelf. Oh, good lord. Aww. That's a lot. How much does a Surface go for? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Because i got a feeling I can't afford that. You know what you could do? You could just get those fake books. Yeah. Those I have a closing thing. thing. No, because confused... No, 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 no. Mm. I'm, I'm talking like the, 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 the old school cardboard... Fake books that fill up a shelf. You just put them in there. Now it looks like you read. It It does, but at two o'clock in the morning, when I'm confused and have been drinking a little bit too much, and I want to dive into it, I can see myself tearing those things apart, trying to find (laughs) an actual book buried in there somewhere. Sounds like a bad idea. Or you know, your Kindle could just be like right by your nightstand, and you can just pick it up and pick any book ever. There's something (laughs) endearing about tripping over a pile of books (laughs) when I get out of bed in the morning. Your wife does not agree with that. They're on my side of the bed. She never trips on them. This is solely up to me. You know, the day I break a limb from tripping over books is a day I'll consider getting a Kindle. It's it's that simple. Aaron Fish, are there you guys? Um. I, I know these books did not come out in 2016, but I uh, flew through the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Myers. I read those. I really enjoyed that. I, I was just looking that up that they started in like 2012 and they just finished coming out. But they're still coming out. There's, yeah, yeah they're they still coming finished, out. But so I was yes. really happy okay. to see um, a young adult fiction novel with such a strong group of female protagonists, along with... Um, this this twist on old fairy tales. So what it is, it's it's very much like a take on Cinderella, Rapunzel, um, Red Riding Hood, and Snow White. Mm-hmm. But and, and yes, there is romantic um, storylines in it, but it doesn't revolve around the fact of will she, won't she get the prince kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it was actually really cool, and I definitely suggest that to to anybody yeah, who wants to pick up a really list. good you know yay female power book. <laughs> um. The best, I'm going to go with, um, there's a, what's the right word? Not graphic novel, but like a mm-hmm. picture book version of uh, Small Gods that just came out this oh, year. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's a book by Terry Pratchett, and yeah. it, it was always one of my favorite ones. It's mm-hmm. very satirical about, you know, religion. So Illustrated? Yes. That's very Yeah, cool. like, um... For those that are listening, <laughs> uh, for those who are oh, listening, I just pulled it out of my backpack. He is carrying um, a copy with him. Technically, it's a. No, this would be a graphic okay. novel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, absolutely, um, that's a graphic novel. Awesome. For the worst, um, I'm going to go with the editing department uh, that does the work on the D and D Fifth Edition stuff. <laughs> um, I haven't played Fifth. How is it? The Fifth is great. I'm not downplaying the system at all. It's the editing for the modules that's part of the problem. Hmm. They'll have numbers on rooms, on maps, that don't correspond to anything that's written. And they'll have stuff that's written that doesn't correspond to anything on a map. So they don't have editors, by the sounds of it. Oh, they do? No, (laughs) they don't have editors. Well, Well, no, no. Actually, I will argue that with him because um, editing is a wildly... Like, you can get an editor that is good or bad. 
Do you know what I mean? It, it like, just seems like the editing of it isn't checked for text versus image. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Um, that can actually be a formatting issue. That might... Um, if it's not... If it's, like, again, there could be breakdowns in formatting. So, like, when I get a book, of, when I work yeah. with editors, I work with a content editor, a line editor, and then a formatter. Okay. So, <laughs> there are, like, so many different facets with publishing. It is, and it's crazy because sometimes the communication involved is, like, bonkers. Because... But, but yeah, the, the fifth edition yeah. system is great. Um, it works really well. It's very minimalistic. It, it just works. Um, but the editing behind some of the modules that have work. been written have just felt a little... Rushed? No, no, um, disorganized. Mm. Yeah. See, that seems kind of chintzy, because I get how you could end up with a final product that mm -hmm. might be as disorganized as that. What I don't get is how you then release that product instead of going back and trying I to know, tighten it up and, and clean it up a bit before um, it goes depends out. Depends on timelines and when it was, like, if they slated a release date, unfortunately, they might rush it to Kinda keep to the it? release. Yes. Uh -huh. It depends on the Hopefully promises they've made, the contracts they have out, and, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> it'll be fixed in the next printing sort of yes, thing. Yes, fingers <laughs> Aaron, you had your hand up. I guess you're ready for your worst book. Yeah, because Fish would open the door to the worst. Well, it was perfect. It was, yeah. it was great. I was like, I don't even have to ask this now. So. Um, I, I was really bummed by this because I was really looking forward to it, but Harry Potter and the Cursed Child I heard, was very I heard disappointing was to me. Yeah. And I understand that it's, I mean, it, it was a, it's a script of a play. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I have to keep reminding myself is, is that the script came out around the same time that the play was going into previews, which means that this is not not the real script to the actual play that's in London right now and is coming to Broadway in a couple of years. Oh, but it was okay. because because so many things happen and change in previews and rewriting rewriting happens okay. and things Nobody like that. Nobody likes this plot thread of the story or this isn't working. Or this it, is it slowing the show like, down. It and... felt very rudimentarily written. It okay. was very it was very just um, well, and I heard it wasn't just Rowling too. Someone no, it was it was pretty much Rowling's ideas within someone else wrote it. It was ghostwriting. It, yeah. yeah, and um, so I'm I'm hoping that because that this is there's no way that the this script is the actual script that's being performed just because of the timeline, but I was really really bummed by the it. The problem is most of the. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. It was a, it was not good. But most of, most of the problem comes not from the script itself, but from the the ideas behind the script. Yeah. And to, execution's a big pass. I was gonna say, oh I no, liked, the ideas were bad. I too. liked. I see. I personally <laughs> liked where the story was going, yeah. and I thought there were some great ideas. It just was poorly constructed. Yeah. Um. In, in, in any way scripts go, like I've never seen a script mm -hmm. that that was so sparsely written and very. Um, That's a shame. It was just kind of oddly worded. A lot of the okay. stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. that was my. I was really bummed by that. Yeah. Cat, worst book. You know what? I still haven't um, read Cursed Child because I don't want to. Because I was reading reviews on it, and I'm like, I don't want to like be disappointed like that. Um, crap. The thing is, the problem is, like, for me, finding a worst book is I don't finish them if I don't like them. That's fair. Like, I fair. give them yeah. a couple chapters, and if they're not hooking me at this point, I'm like. Done. So what did you not re finish reading? A lot. It might not even be like, because again, I was started downloading samples on my Kindle. And so if it didn't, like, it might not even be that bad. But if it wasn't like, oh my God, I need to read You kind of wiped now, it from your brain. I just don't. Yeah. You also read. Like, I saw you pick up, what was it? Throne of Glass? Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. 
Another Sarah J. Moss book. Uh, you but... started that the other night and finished it the next day, and you only have like it 15 minutes of reading like to do to finish it. And it was like a 400 page book. And I'm like, okay. People <laughs> stop buying me hardbacks. So it's just not worth the money. Exactly. That's why, well, honestly, that's why I do Kindle yeah. for the most part. It's economical because, like, just space wise, mm-hmm. yeah. it's economical because I read incredibly fast. And when I really, like, I read actually one of the authors I did discover this year was J.R. Ward who wrote uh, the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. Phenomenal. I read through, like, 13 books in the span of a month or two. It was, like, any spare second I was, like, reading. Uh, For me, um, didn't come out this year, but I did get a chance to finally get through it and read it, which was Chuck Wendig's Star Wars Aftermath, which was not a good book. Um, (laughs) It was one of those moments. It was the start of the Star Wars book line reboot. Or not the very first one. The first one was A New Dawn, which was the Rebels characters and getting their backstory of Kanan and Hera, which was a really fun book. It was really incredibly well done. And then I was like, Aftermath, this is the one I'm waiting for. This is after Jedi. What happens? What happens with the Empire? All the stuff. It is so drab and so incredibly boring. Nothing happens. The characters that you kind of are hoping that you're going to hear a little bit about, but even like background characters that you would expect to hear a little something about are barely even mentioned. Like, the most you get is, hey, this section of the book is going through, and now they do kind of like chapter breaks, and the chapter break is like, meanwhile on this other planet that has nothing to do with the stories that are going on, Mon Mothma is walking through a field and having a conversation with somebody about where to have a base. And then Mon Mothma is gone for the entirety of the book, and you're like, what was the purpose of that? It was so dumb and a waste of my time. Yeah. And you're giving me so many characters, and I don't care about a single one of them. Like, and I think the second book of Aftermath is out now. Yep. It's, I think it's currently available, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I was going to attempt to go through all the new Star Wars books as they came out, and that was the moment where I'm like, this is a waste of my money. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to read about and find out about the ones that sound great. Read those. Yeah. Cool. I bet you in the second book they wrap back to what that conversation in the field was about. No, they probably didn't. More than likely they found some other random person or alien. They're probably talking to a, like, Lobot, and he's, like, trying to order ice cream somewhere. <laughs> Unless they got enough complaints about it, and Wait. then they tried to find a way Nope, to it's still the same writer, so... Wait, I Lobot? Can't... Yeah. Sign for a isn't, isn't Lobot that mm. thing you put on uh, expensive okay. droids so if they get stolen you can track them down? Okay. <laughs> That's lojacking. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lobot was the guy with the head gear. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, you know. Gosh, I gosh. <laughs> So, yeah. I think actually reading a book about Lobot getting ice cream would be fantastic. (laughs) That would probably be my 2017 best of books. Um, uh, I'll get started on that tomorrow. (laughs) It'll be a limited release. Speaking of massive disappointments, uh, we'll go with uh, Marvel's Civil War 2. Which wrapped up today. Yeah, which wrapped up today. Don't bother. (laughs) <laughs> oh god, just avoid it. I, I believe oh. the review that IGN gave the entirety of it was a 5.3 out of 10, and it simply said, mediocre at best. Because oh. be- let Ow. me tell you, once more you have two heroes, one of whom acts wildly out of character for the simple sake of the story, mm-hmm. and because uh, Marvel Comics is salty that Disney took Marvel Studios away from it, so they decided to crap all over Captain Marvel just before her movie's supposed to start production. Oh. Captain Marvel turned into a fascist. A fascist. Yay! Um, really? Swear to God, it's absolutely oh God. horrible. And the entire thing could have boiled down to a five-minute 
three panel conversation that simply said, hey, listen, I trust you, but I don't trust the guy who comes after you. So we should really think about this before we really implement it. That could have been the entirety of the eight issues that was expanded from seven issues. Uh, well, let's be honest. in the middle of writing, Bendis came up with a better idea for how to end it. Is that as good as the original idea for the original Civil War? Sorry. That was like, hey, look, nothing happened. It happened in the Aftermath book. And by, you're like, by, god damn it. By, by the way, uh, <laughs> I, I will say that it was actually worse than the original Civil War. Oof. Fish. Or not fi- uh, fish. You already went... Fish. 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 That's really hard to do across yeah. from each other. Fish, fish. Worst books? <laughs> when something that you started to read or really was pumped to get a chance to go yeah, through and be like, man. Well, one of, one of the series that... And again, uh, it's not this year. Uh, Reluctant Mage just... Didn't suck me. Now I've read the entire four books. I I could I'd have to look it up. I can't okay. remember the author right off the bat. I'm very bad with author names. Yeah. Um. It just it, it wasn't good. It just wasn't That's good. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But I mean, I read the entire series from start to end because I'd started it. I was mm-hmm. gonna end it, but oh God. it that was so painful. it I wasn't good at all. Yeah, yeah. I totally can't. I totally give you props for yeah. for shrugging through that because no. So angry. Well, no. The worst part was buying the additional. Books before this series was done, knowing I was buying something I probably wouldn't enjoy, but damn Aww. determined to get through. <laughs> Karen determined Miller. to get through it. Karen Miller. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna move forward because uh, books actually took a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> so we actually all got really into it, which was cool to see. Because every time we do a book conversation, it's like five minutes, and it's like, yeah, we got to enjoy. <laughs> but we also actually included that, comics. So yeah. well, there's still books. There's still books. There's, there's still smaller, stories. more colorful books. Yes. So <laughs> and some of them uh, are worth a lot of money. So let's look at movies now. Uh, well, we'll best movie of the year for everybody here. And I'm just going to start with TJ. We'll kick her out. Um, if you're not ready to say pass, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pass because I'm trying to think of what I even saw this year. Um, I I'll either. go with a worst movie I watched the other night while I was wrapping gifts right. for Christmas. Yeah. We'll start um, worst. I have way. no idea what it's called, so <laughs> let me just start there. Um, it's on Netflix. It has to do with a device that creates a time loop. Um, I, I did not pay attention to the movie at all while I was wrapping gifts. How do you know it was I bad? thought it was going to be great, and I got bored of it within the first five was minutes. Was it like and a big movie that came out? No, no, no. Oh. Um, okay, it uh, and it just it didn't capture my attention. Was <laughs> yeah. it was on in the background, and I kept looking up at it and going, "Wow, they really are just repeating the same half hour every oh God. twenty minutes." Was so, that de- okay? Was that device a jet engine? Because that was Donnie Darko. No, no, it was, <laughs> it was not sure. Donnie Darko. Well, I know what my worst is right off the bat, I and I only got twenty minutes into it, and then it was so painful, I had to turn it off, and I really was disappointed. Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers. Oh, really? Um, I absolutely love Kevin Smith, especially when like he just gets up there and actually talks and goes into like all the little things. A lot of his podcasts I've actually even stopped listening to because it's been kind of more or less on repeat, but I still love him. I mean, it's like when he actually is talking seriously, and even specifics. Like there's one show I still listen to of his, Batman on Batman, which is a good geek culture show. Um, it's wonderful. And I was like, you know what? Yoga Hoser sounds like it could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was him making, he said, look, a lot of people are going to hate this. I made this for 13-year-old girls specifically because, you know, they don't have any movies that are kind of different. And I'm sure, honestly, if you asked a 13 to 16-year-old girl, that may be their cup of tea. 
it was painful. Like, we couldn't even get to the major plot of the film without having to turn it off. Because it was like, the jokes were like, I've rewatched Clueless in the last two years, and that's still endearing, even though it's rough. This, not a single thing was even remotely humorous, which was a shame. But I wonder if Clueless is endearing because of the age you were when when you you first watched watched it. it. Um, Because I I had watched it for the first time It makes you groan. And I was like, eh. But again... Didn't watch it in that heyday when it would have right. actually yeah. impacted. But I mean, so, like, I think it's it might have been. It might just, be like that, that movie was just not built for me. But it was one of those I, I kind of was. expected at least a little bit of his classic style of humor and even some of his dialogue, like the witty dialogue. But it was just like every one of these jokes Maybe attempted it's witty is for just not. Girls, it might be, <laughs> but it was. I hate to say it, but usually gotta say that's probably the worst for me of the year. Um, mine, my worst might not be a very happy one for the table, but yeah. Batman versus Superman. I was, I, I. Was that this year? That yeah. was this yeah. year and it was the summer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It was earlier than summer. It was, it was March. May, May, March. March or May. Oh, oh shit. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's I was, for me too. I was so bummed with this movie because, you know, and, uh, uh, so for those who don't know, I am married to TJ who his favorite superhero is superman yeah um i do love superman i love i love dc but i thought this movie just did not i it just did not bring what it needed to bring i hate the whole dour brooding take they have on superman i mean i understand batman's dark and brooding it will always be dark and brooding that's acceptable for him but that's that's batman but it's always been dark and brooding his Biggest time was the 1960s. Okay, that's okay. So, so Batman, who I'm used to, prior that you know, is dark and brooding. I'm okay with that. But Superman was always the light. He was always Mm -hmm. the hope, and it really bothered me to see Batman versus Superman lose that hope. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and also the aesthetic of the movie was super dark, and Jesse Eisenberg. Should not have been allowed to play that character. <laughs> Somebody told him he was playing the Joker, and then they, in the middle of production, they went, "Hey, you know what? You're actually going to be playing less than something." Uh-huh. <laughs> and, Amy, and Amy Adams, who I love, Amy Adams, I felt was totally wasted. Yeah, and yeah. Now I will say that if you that watch the Ultimate Edition, it takes it from like a five to like to, a six. Yeah, to like a six. So it's not a huge <laughs> jump in quality, but at least things start to make sense. But I, I hope that with. Ben Affleck at the helm of the new movies, and I'm super looking forward to to Wonder Woman and Justice League. Um, and Justice League. I'm, but I'm hoping that with Ben yes. Affleck at the helm and kind of having a more of an understanding, I feel that the characters it will and be Jeff better. And, and Jeff Jones. And, and yeah, Jeff and Jeff Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm with you on that. Is I, that I yours? Forgot, I forgot. I think I blanked. <laughs> well, you know what? It was funny. It was like watching that movie, and I can kind of back this up. And I think. Cat was with me. It's like well, we did the Spider-Man three thing, where we tried to justify it when we got out of the theater. We're like, yeah, no, it was totally whatever. And then like later on, you're like, it's like oh. after two weeks passed, and you were like thought about the movie more and more, and everybody's talking. It was like, and you're like kind of defending it for a little bit. And you're like, oh no, I'm totally wrong. Yeah. I'm like, See, I, I'm, I'm coming off like the asshole now. I'm like, <laughs> shit. I came out and said it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a good movie. I give it like a five. <laughs> And I'll defend that five. <laughs> but if somebody can, you know, I can do that too. I can defend that five. There was enough DC positive moments. Yeah. Where like that's a great nod to this, and I yeah. like that because I'm a DC fanboy. Right. Cool. So I, I can defend that five. 
But if a person comes to me and goes, Leo, it was a 10, I'm going to look at them and go, you, you're, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what movie were you watching and what were you on while you were yeah. watching? Where can yeah. I get some? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Though I, and funny enough, my worst movie is actually a DC movie as well, but it's not Batman versus Superman. It's The Killing Joke. Yeah. Well, I didn't like the thing they added in the beginning. I didn't like. Yeah, there was that, and it made no sense. It lessened Batgirl too. It lessened Batgirl. It actually made the whole idea of. I still disagree because the actual Killy Joke adaptation I thought was perfect. Yes, but then there was the forty-five minutes before that ten minutes. But you know what though? The beautiful thing about having it on a DVD or Blu-ray or digital is you can go boom. I'm going to start exactly where Killing Joke started. No, I'm with you though. Rob had to listen to me when we got out of it, go on a big tirade about pacing and tonality, like afterwards, because it was a such a stark shift. And it diminished the, because like Killing Joke was like, once it got into actual Killing Joke, it was fast, it was good, it was whatever. But that beginning part was just like. And the worst part is, like, that guy they introduced to fight fight Batgirl. He became infatuated with Batgirl. It was basically like Joker Light. It's like, why the hell didn't you just do another joke? Kind of rapey. Yeah. Why didn't you just do, adapt, take a different Joker story? Like the, the the fish story, the yeah. Joker's birthday, sum that in, yeah, and have it end with him going to Arkham. Batman then finds these bodies, goes to Arkham to confront him, and that's where the Killing Joke kicks off. That way, you can establish the Joker. You mm-hmm. bring in, or at in, least tie that new character into how the Joker escapes. Do something. Yeah, with I mean, it. Honestly, it felt like tacked on for no well, reason. Well, what I thought they should have done is I thought they should have had Killing Joke. Just kept it. I know they added, like, the extra padding for runtime. But what you could do is do lost files of Batman the Animated Series. And yes. do, yeah, yeah. Like, do a lost animated short beforehand. Separate it entirely. And I really didn't need to see the, be... Batman the teachers, you know, have sex with his protege slash daughter. Uh, it was always friend, just very, daughter. yeah, yeah. The best part was, so, I mean, they even added extra time onto it with that new storyline, but the, it ends, and the guy in front of us goes, wait, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a worst movie. Really? Yeah. It's all sunshine and rainbows for Fesh. No, <laughs> Fesh tends to consume... Uh, uh, series and war documentaries. Series. So it's hard to run into things that you don't enjoy. Was there a documentary you watched this year? Like, well, that was a waste of my time. Absolutely not. There was a there was a documentary I watched this or a documentary series I watched this year that was a perfect way to spend my spare time. Oh god, oh. that was a Canadian documentary with Dave uh, Thomas. No, no, it's called, <laughs> it's called Trailer Park Boys. It's a documentary that oh, takes place in god. Canada. Oh, that follows damn it! Full of what? It was a wonderful documentary. I feel very bad for the Canadians. Did you watch the kitten documentary on Netflix yet? No, I have not. That's oh, on my to do list. What is it? There's a kitten documentary on Netflix. Is it like the little line in your house or something yes. like that? Yeah. Oh, it was decent. I saw that. Um, okay, fair enough. No. No trailer. Park fair enough. Boys. Trailer Park Boys is an amazing documentary. Okay. You really get best to know movie about Canadians. best movie. <laughs> I'll kick it off with some positivity. It was Utopia. Zootopia was a very good yes. movie. I thought Absolutely. that was a fan. I went into that expecting, like, mm-hmm. hey, I saw all the funny moments in the trailer. This is going to yeah. be, like, I'm this is going to be a feel good. This is going to be a feel yeah. good, you know, one. no, it was actually pretty deep. It was it's funny. Yeah. It, it was, was, it was a good race movie focusing on race and, like, you know, fuck everybody. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. yeah. Don't let anybody let you down. Like, and 
there was a uh, Breaking Bad reference in there that just that was a great baking bread. Rolling, yeah. Breaking <laughs> Bad, a bread yeah. reference. Yeah, I can't talk. <laughs> Had me rolling when I saw that because I felt like series. they might go there, and then they not only went there, they went there with quality. Yes, like it was really well done. Hell of a good movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I would have to go with Ghostbusters. That was really good. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm saving the other one for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have to go with Ghostbusters avoiding Rogue One. Okay. <laughs> um, it was everything I wanted it to be and then some. Um, the, the characters really worked well together and they killed Bill Murray. Uh-huh. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. That's okay. No, it's, it's been out long enough. Yeah, I, I should hope it's, it's, it's so. It's been, yeah. We have defined. We have defined spoiler terms. What's her face in it? Holtzman was awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Aaron. Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Okay. Oh yeah, that was the too. It was a good year for movies. It was a good year, you know, because I, I actually had to go between. It felt a lot longer. I had to go between uh, Deadpool and uh, I really enjoyed Captain America: Civil War, but I think Deadpool might be. The winner, and I and on subsequent watchings, it was because the first time you watch it, I mean, you are laughing your ass off. It's a great movie, and then upon subsequent watching, you realize it holds up and it's really good. Yeah. So and Ryan Ryan Reynolds can do no wrong. So. Awesome. In Green that. Lantern. Okay, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds can do one thing wrong. <laughs> a single thing. Or, uh, or, what is it? B, the BPRD movie. Yeah, that, that Blade, was Blade Trinity. No, actually, I still liked him. Like, in no, that. because he has one he of the best shining, lines. He was a shining he light in that movie. Yes, yeah. yeah. where everything else was very dark, he was the shining light yes. that was he trying was, his was best to make it not bad. He was. Um, how about you, Kat? Fantastic Beasts. Um, I love Harry Potter, and I mean, like, it was really nice. Um, again, I was kind of like leery too because, like, I, I heard bad reviews on Cursed Child and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um, the script for Fantastic Beasts was done entirely by J.K. Rowling, and. Um, like it captured the feel of the series and what I loved about it. It had, even though it was a Harry Potter with adults, it was, it had the charm and that fantastical element to it that the uh, Harry Potter series always did. So I absolutely adored it. Um, for me, I actually, it's a tie. Um, and they're both documentaries because I'm also not going to use the one I really want to say. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. Cause I can't geek out about it now. Um, uh, but my honorable mentions, I would say, is a documentary called Plastic Galaxy, which is a amazing documentary on the history of Star Wars action figures. Mm. And it is incredibly interesting to watch because you're like sitting down with the heads of Kenner toys from back in the 70s on how they got thrust into that mess and watching them try to figure out how all this is going to break down was incredibly interesting to watch. Uh, it was really, really ingenious. So on they, Netflix? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Do okay. they talk um, about how much a lot of these are now worth? Uh, they do get oh, into okay. some of that. But they I go, will cry, because I know I had a majority uh, of them. But the, other, but the other one was something actually I showed Fesh, which was another documentary, which I think actually edges out that one, which is a, a one called Nintendo Quest, which was a great, brilliant idea. And it was uh, two best friends that lived in Canada, and they said, let's do a documentary about attempting to track down every original NES game that was ever released. And they're like, well, that's really easy. We can do it on eBay. And they're like, no, let's do it for reals. No usage of the internet. And they had to do it in 30 days. Oh, my gosh. And it was one dude, and he had to use his own funds to do it. Yep. And they went through tracking the 25 most rare games ever made for the system. 
and that watching them go through it and it was going into game stores talking to buddies like do you know personal collectors and private collectors so it was them hunting around in toronto which was cool because me and Kat were in Toronto last year. So I was like, I was in those sh- a couple of those shops. That's oh, really nice. cool. There were some really um, shops there. And then them coming back down to the States and going through. And it was going through this dude's life who was this massive Star Wars junkie who was like our age, like early 30s, was a, mu- like was a musician. And watching him go through this in such an old school way, it was like watching this road trip of best friends go through this. So it was like a real version of fanboys almost. That's awesome. It was their kind of holy grail and it was amazing to watch. It was so incredibly good. What were so, some of the rarest? Uh, the most rare game ever is actually... Um, the Olympics It's called game. Stadium Events. Yeah, that's Everybody here has most likely played it. If mm-hmm. you've ever played Track and Field or oh, the yeah. one with the power pad, mm-hmm. it was originally released under a name called Stadium Events by Bandai. Um... And uh, then Nintendo bought the rights, but some of them already made it out to store shelves. So I think there's only, like, I think known to be, like, less than 20 copies in the world. Wow. And they fetch a pretty price. They are not I'm cheap. Sure. Thousands upon thousands of yeah. dollars. And that's that's without box. You have an original box. And, and I think there's only seven or eight in the world that actually had boxes. And he actually ends up getting one with a box and manual still. So it was really cool to watch yeah, this. Shit. Wow. So it was really kind of amazing. It was just a fun story. <laughs> Uh, I could throw favorite. I mean, obviously, we we have danced around what will be my favorite for the year for a later Mine conversation. Too. Yeah, so uh, dropping that, I found myself on a Daniel Day Lewis kick lately. So never been, a bad thing. Yeah, I've been rewatching uh, there. There will be blood. Uh, oh, Gangs in New so York. Um, also, Pacific Rim. For some reason, I probably have binge watched that at least twenty times this year. Where I just come, keep coming back to it. I'm like. Oh, got a few hours and we pop the blu-ray in and you know grab a beer and just sit back and watch what i think is an amazing movie um like release movies i'm not so sure about because i don't go to the theaters often mm-hmm. i mean i really don't uh, i wait yeah, for things so. to release and i catch up to them later it's a bad habit of mine i'm always about three years four years behind whatever <laughs> current topics are which how i make it through spoiler free i have no idea none <laughs> i've been amazed with some of my tv viewing recently that we'll get into the fact that I, you know, I'm still watching stuff that you guys saw probably three or four years back, so. Um, so, well, that means we know what yours is going to be later and what mine and Fish's truly all is. Uh, so, let's move on to TV and then we're going to do games and then we're going to do quick talks about 2017 and then take a quick break. Uh, so, TV shows. Let's just actually right now stick purely to the best that we've, uh, we've checked out. Um... As far as best TV show, Fish? Uh, believe it or not, I'm not going with Star Wars. Um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Is that with Elijah Wood? Yes. I have not seen it yet. It was very much, very much like a good adaptation of the books. Um, brought to, well, life. And they picked a great guy to play Dirk. And he is everything that I imagined him to be when I was reading the books. Um, they... they briefly say that talk about the events that happened in the books and the very quick passing of yeah i met thor he wasn't as handsome as everybody says he is <laughs> and that's like all that's said about there's it. a brief mention of the couch too i believe correct yes yes and in fact it's like in the same sentence there was a thing involving a couch and i met thor and he's not as handsome as everybody says he is. um and it was it was a really fun watch it the first episode you're like what the hell is going on 
which is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of it makes sense until about the third, fourth episode, if you really pick up on things. Okay. That's, um, that's amazing to me, because you sound identical. I talked to my brother over uh, over Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I-, I talk to my brother maybe twice a year, if I'm lucky. He's a little okay. introverted, and he lives in Alabama, so we don't talk a lot. That is almost a picture-perfect representation of the way that he had viewed the series, which I just find amazing. Yeah, and now I really am champing at the bit to watch it. It is... Very much like on yeah. point for beautiful Dirk Gently. Anybody else ready with their their favorite show? I am. I actually have two. If that's okay. Yay. Sure. <laughs> um, Outlander is my first one, and that is a star show based on the novel. I want to watch that. Still. It's Kevin, I seen, it's it? very good. If uh, if you like historical fiction, romance kind of stuff. It's a woman from the 40s goes goes back in time to the 1740s just in time for the um, Battle of Culloden in Scotland. Ooh. It's very good. That sounds good. really cool. And yeah. um, there's a, there's definitely some sexy Scotsmen and kilts, which it's I... I'm more intrigued. I, I think it's a, for the men, <laughs> there are now. boobs in corsets. So there you go. <laughs> and sold. Um, my second favorite one is this season's America, American Horror Story. Which I thought was very interesting. They kept it secret um, of what, because usually you hear months and months in advance um, what the theme will be. And this year it was um, totally in secret. And it ends up being um, a reality show about a haunting at a house. And then they, you're, at first you're just seeing the reenactments. And then the reenactments, uh, actors and the real characters get together and go back to the house. And of course all hell breaks loose. But that was excellent this year. Oh, cool. Okay. Westworld. I'm going to share that too. Westworld. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, the thing is like when we watch TV, normally I'm usually like working on my laptop as we're watching TV. So I'm usually like editing or something. And I normally catch half of what's going on. Westworld was one of the ones where I had to put things down because I was like, because you had to pay attention to it. It was one of the, but it was just phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think that is inching up to being my favorite, one of my absolute favorite sci-fi things ever. Um, like, hands down, I was just, everything about it was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was put together so incredibly well, and it left you guessing up until the bitter end. And I love that they did that, where you're like, how is this working? Because there's moments where you're watching, you're like, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, and it all cuts together, and you're like, that was brilliant. Every part of it was brilliant. I have a second one that's a total, but you said kept you guessing, and I was like, Scream. Yes. <laughs> Scream show. season two. It was awesome. Phenomenal. It was so Absolutely good. great show. Because <laughs> uh, I love like those 90s slasher stuff, too, and I can definitely agree I with you that Scream movies, yeah. season two was amazing. And totally different than Westworld, where you didn't have to watch every single yes, second. No, it's so true. <laughs> Scream, you didn't have to, but I will say, like, I, I love when one of those types of movies, because I mean, like, part of the fun of it is trying to figure out who done it. You know yes. what I mean? And I love when they actually outsmart you. And then Westworld, like, you watch that show and you're like, what's going on? And <laughs> yeah, you, at the end of the episode, to, you're like, where's this going? And then that's that's the question you're constantly asking yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you get the payoff, the payoff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Westworld is well for me, number one. Season four of Orphan Black. That was, uh, they're starting to wrap up. They've only got one season left to go, which will start, uh, not sure when it premieres next year, but it's, it's, um, Season four was really good because they're starting to tie a lot of the loose ends up. Things are becoming much clearer. They're knocking some of the detritus away, and you're starting to get the overall picture. So that's been amazing. Uh, that that would be new because that was a uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> this has also been my year of, again, like I mentioned way earlier, of me catching up on a ton of things. Uh, yeah. Mainly comic book related. Uh, I've gotten oh, into cool. the Arrow. We've started to watch The Flash. Yeah. Uh, the 100. I've just started yes. watching oh recently, God, which I'm so phenomenal. So happy to hear that it's still going. So good. So now it's just oh a matter God. of playing yeah. catch up. And He's then, most of the way through season one. Season one. Yeah. Excellent. And absolutely hooked. So what, oh my absolutely God, season hooked. two is and I'm so happy anytime anybody picks up the 100 because Kat got it's, me into it and she was like, it's brilliant. And I'm like, this is just teen craft drama. And then I started the watching it. I'm like, this is fucking way. great. That was the one with the space station in orbit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. So good. So it good. is really, really captured me. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's where I'm at with all of that. But uh, Teach. Oh, and Trailer Park Boys. Sorry. Big yell out for Trailer oh Park Boys. I'm not kidding. It's so worth watching. So good. Go He's converted do. Ashley. So good. No. And Bill. No. And Bill. That's really? two. Thank you very much. That's how it starts. Soon it will be a cult. <laughs> I've got four. What ones? Uh, the CW Arrowverse. Yes. I. They have all improved greatly over last year. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl. Supergirl's fantastic. Supergirl in two episodes gave me the Superman I wanted in television. Right? On the movie. Yeah. Actually, even better than, I think that was the best version of the character ever. Another one to add to later. I saw Yeah, we'll get into Uh, it later. So, um... Actually... Yeah, but it is a very... But the four shows have been great. Flash is excellent. Supergirl in two episodes gave me the best Superman I've seen in years. Um, It is... uh, And those four shows have been uh, really well done. And I'll have to to say those are my favorite. Yeah. And I gotta actually give it the biggest props out of all those that you mentioned to Arrow. Yeah. Arrow lost me so bad in season three and season four. And season five, I haven't seen that show this awesome since season two, the where se- it was some of the best comic book shows I've ever seen in my life. See, uh, the, the season, the, the mid-season finale was fantastic. Legends of Tomorrow has been leaps and bounds better than the year before. Yeah, Legends really uh, took it up to the next yeah. level this year. They yeah, jettisoned so all the dead weight of the Hawks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> they really did. They were the worst. Alright, well... But this was only a barista six months ago. So, actually, real quick, if, if people have a worst... Just say it real quick. We won't go into them. Uh, I don't think I actually... If I didn't, I think, enjoy anything this year, I, I just immediately stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, can I give a shout-out to another really good series that sure. I don't think enough people are watching? Lethal Weapon is fantastic. <laughs> really? I've actually it heard is. that from a couple people. Okay. Like, it's, it's popcorn. It is. It, it's... Don't go in expecting... Like, don't even go in expecting Law and Order. Don't go like in expecting, you know, yeah. it, like, but it's popcorn, and in an hour they fit an entire action movie. That sounds decent. And yeah. I'm sorry if we got a little dour for a second. We just saw something online just a second ago yeah. that we're like, oh, okay, so 2016 really truly does suck a bag of dicks. Yeah, um, yeah. huge dumpster yeah. fire. All right, so uh, board games, video games, the best that you touched this year. Because uh, I know a lot of us here, I know everybody here has played board games, hands down. So That's TJ. Cool. I can do both right, both of mine right now. Uh, I recently uh, played and then received for Christmas Captain Sonar, mm, good which morning. I think is fantastic. It's Battleship I, Four versus Four on crack, real time. <laughs> fantastic! I can't. I, I like. I'm chomping at the bit to play this again. 
And then my worst is I just picked up uh, Batman Arkham Knight. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, the game, video game, the, the video game. It was on fifteen bucks for the, on the PlayStation Store for for everything, including oh. the DLC. So I grabbed it. I went, yeah, sure, I'll take that. I got all the DLC and all the parts that are from the original games, like the the sneaking, the the combat, the uh, you know the the the, ter- the the takedowns. Those are all fantastic. And then they gave us me the Batmobile, and all I want to do is put the controller through my new television. Yeah, Aww. the, Batmo- the Batmobile. Batmobile is not quite the best, but the rest of the game is really great and a good yeah. culmination to the rest of the series. But the Batmobile is just so bad; it has to be my worst. It handles like a, <laughs> it handles like a rabbit on speed that you're trying to control with a remote control in its car mode, or a turtle with lead weights on it that you're trying when it's in tank mode. That sounds terrible. Yes, um, I can say right off the bat. For board game and video game, right? Uh, for me, is board game for me this year, hands down, is gotta be Blood Rage. Uh, it is a nice kind of culmination of two of my favorite games, which is Small Worlds and Seven Wonders, kind of blended together. Uh, really, really fun four player game involving Vikings and Ragnarok. Uh, it's really simplistic, but a ton of fun to play. Uh, video games, I gotta say, best of the best, hands down this year. Uncharted 4. Um, mm. The culmination at the end of that Nathan Drake story that is taking place through the four games was amazing and was one of the most touching, I think, storylines I've ever seen, uh, focusing on him and his brother, uh, his marriage falling apart with his wife and kind of trying to bring that back together before the end of everything plays out, and one of the greatest openings and endings of a video game I have ever seen, uh, and a best celebration to... The developer at the same time because the game has been out for almost a year uh so it's safe to say the game starts off with elena and nate in their home talking nate is no longer a treasure hunter and is working in a shipyard and they're having an argument on who's going to do the dishes and they said hey i'll play you for it and it immediately cuts to them looking over their tv and elena's got an old playstation one hooked up to the tv and you replay the original level of crash bandicoot in the game which was developed by the same developers. So it was nice. really just awesome. But it was incredibly touching and it was just a blast to play. So, um, My favorites are... My, my favorite board game is actually... We just got it for Christmas. Um, is Mysterium. Yes! I it's so good! really enjoy that. I mean, talk about a really kind of like heady um, game where one person... You know, pretty much you're playing a... Or, you know, you get a group of people together having a seance. One plays the ghost and you can only, the ghost can only talk to people through pictures and metaphors and these like crazy artistic works and i just think it's it was such a cool game and i really fell in love with it i'm very glad i bought it for my husband for christmas <laughs> um Mysterium is easily one of the best games it's, i've ever played it it's just so different i felt like it was everyone like, can play it too that's one of the games that like if someone doesn't really play board games that much or like you know they're like you can get them hooked into it it's a great Absolutely. new kind of Gateway game yes, for modern day board games. Uh, and then my favorite video game I'm currently in the middle of playing is Dishonored 2. I'm oh, cool. really enjoying it. There's a um, nice. If you've played the first one, you play as Corvo. And the second one, you can either play as Corvo or his daughter, the Empress. It's great mechanics. I definitely think everyone should pick it up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, I haven't really done anything new on the video game front apart from continue to play Dragon Age. But so you're trying a whole bunch of new character classes now. I am, but um, <laughs> but so I will. <laughs> well, actually, you're playing the DLCs that just came out not that I long am. ago too. So, but yeah, board game wise, I'm gonna go with Sheriff of Nottingham 
because it's the only bluffing game, like the only bluffing slash deceit game that I can play because I can use my fey voodoo on it, which is I suck at lying. And so anytime I play like the games where you're supposed to be the traitor or I just, I fuck it up. It's all over my face that I'm lying and everyone can guess it immediately. But with that game, I can tell a white lie. Like I can tell the truth, but it's just bending the truth. So it's pretty much just the fey mechanics of bending truth. So like, you know, you can say, hey, I'm bringing in these apples. I could be slipping in contraband apples, but it is technically true. Like that you I could am. have the king's apples yeah. as well, which are illegal so to bring I love through. That but they're still apples. Well, they're so. still yes, apples. Yeah. Because it lets me actually bluff. It's the only way I can do it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just written all over my face and everyone's like, oh, cut the traitor. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> just all goes downhill. <laughs> oh, I picked up a copy of Star Wars Risk. Really? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the one that has the board that's shaped like a Tie Fighter. It's that's pretty awesome. fun. Um, let's see. There was also the expansion to Betrayal, the House on the Hill, which I heard is very good. Uh, both of those are great. That's Widow's Walk, games. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for video game, I actually got to start playing Fallout Four. So. Awesome. Oh, nice. I'm Very cool. thrilled to, about that. Fesh. Uh, <laughs> I just learned how to play cribbage. So, uh, it's a card game, not a board game. There is a board with little figurines you move in little holes, so it's technically a card game and a board game. And seeing how it was uh, invented in the 17th century, it's right about in line for how long You actually just learned that over Christmas, didn't you? I did. Yeah. My mom... I think, I think she was hustling us. Like, she didn't play so good at first, but then we put money on the table, and... Uh, all of a sudden... All of my Christmas cash. Gone. Gone. No, um, No Man's Sky. Uh, I really enjoyed No Man's Sky at the beginning. Uh, I really like grinding games. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was that was pretty, pretty good. But I have not played since they've uh, released the new contents and the updates on it. So, I mean, even, even for me, it got a little too grindy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where it kind of got... Not so fun to play. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, and I've also been, I've been playing a ton of vanilla Skyrim lately. Okay. Uh, I need to update my computer because that's that's holding me back on the video game front because I don't play on my PS4 as much as I should. So I'm kind of limited at this. Fair point. enough. Yeah. Uh, and there's one actually I'm really remiss that I didn't bring it up. Uh, and it's only because we're not really completed with it yet. Um, if I really had to give my best of the best this year to board games, time stories. Uh, absolutely amazing we are currently in the middle of prophecy of dragons which is hands down the best module they've added yet and we've got two more to go but that game is like a point and click gamers heaven mixed (laughs) with like a mystery novel at the same time so awesome awesome game so So, missed yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) like well me and fisher used to both trade trade off like monkey islands and stuff like that and like old lucas art adventure games so full uh, throttle full throttle's coming back soon i can't wait um but yeah no uh time stories is phenomenal um is that the one where you play you can only play once you can only play each module once okay um but you know what it's it's turning out to be well worth it because the when you have four people playing it's still cheaper than the cost of a movie, and one of those sh- takes you about three hours to get through. Wow. So, it's uh, having people chip in to play it together is awesome. And it's just a fun way, because especially when you all play with the same group from start to finish of all the modules, you all kind of learn your mistakes very quickly. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
in the middle of Prophecy of Dragons, there was a beautiful twist in it that we just saw before we wrapped up our last session, and all of our jaws were just on the table. We're like, this is fantastic. This couldn't get any better. And we're still not even done it yet. So we are absolutely pumped. Um, but yeah, super cool. Um, so that's kind of our best and worst of 2016. So let's really quick, before we take our break, uh, let's kick around as far as our 2017, uh, what we're most anticipated for, and um, maybe some of our predictions. So we'll just go one at a time, go around, and then we'll dive into a break. And we'll come back and go into the rougher topic of the evening before we kind of move into uh, the hope of the Happy night. Lands. Happy lands. Happy lands. So, uh, 2017 predictions. Who wants to start? Uh, I, I am Groot. You are Groot? I am Groot. I am so excited for that damn movie. Don't push the button. <laughs> I am Groot. Will, do you have tape? No. Out of everybody here, you're the one that should have the tape. That... I, you know, it, it was so funny going into the original Guardians of the Galaxy. You're like, oh god, this thing might suck, and it oh, came out. Yeah. And it was one of the best movies that mm-hmm. year, and just seeing the trailer made me so excited, and I yeah. can't wait till the next one comes out. The trailer looked. Really it's kind good. of funny because that 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 portion of the trailer, somebody on Reddit actually converted it into a a GIF dealing with upvotes and stealing original content, which <laughs> is quite. <laughs> Funny, and if I can find it, I'll show it to you guys during I, the break. But. I have to say, as much of a dumpster fire, and I saw this meme um, today, but as much of a dumpster fire as 2016 is, it brought us baby Groot. So you know what? True. Oh, True. Groot. <laughs> uh, so anything outside of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Um, nope, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Cat? Books. Um, so the series I'm reading that was really good this year has a new book in May. So. Which is? Um, it's, shit, they just released the title. Um, a Court of Something and Something. Wrath and, no, I don't remember. But this is Sarah J. Moss, right? Yes, it okay. is. <laughs> it's this... the Court of Thorns and Roses series, but um, this, I mean, I always look forward. Hope Is Dresden going to be out next year? They said 2017 maybe. Peace Talks will be out. Maybe. Okay, so maybe Dresden, and then um, Kate Daniels, and there will always be a new Kate Daniels book out, so I've got that. Like, I, again, I just have the authors that I keep up with, and mm-hmm. 2017 is when a lot of those books are landing, so I'm excited about that. Cool. Uh, for me, I gotta say, uh, book-wise, definitely, there's two that I'm chopping at the bit for. One is Scott Lynch, uh, The Thorn of Emberlane, which is the Gentleman Bastard's fourth oh, book. Oh, nice. Uh, which has it's been delayed and delayed and delayed, and they did say, yes, we can 100% confirm it will not push out of 2017. It will be out this, you know, well, this upcoming year. Um, it got pushed back four times this year, and then eventually pushed over. Um, but The Gentleman Bastard's books are amazing. So good. Super incredible, very, very smart, fun books. And I kind of hope, especially, it's better than the last one, because Republic of Thieves was a little meh. But the first two in the series were so good. I think it's it, that felt like it was building to something else. And I have a feeling that is building to what this one is. Um, yeah. uh, the other one, obviously, as we just mentioned, Dresden Files, Peace Talks. Um, not getting a Dresden book this past year, which we're not used to, <laughs> because he did start a new series, uh, which was Aeronauts Windless, which was not quite my cup of tea, but... Um, Really excited for that, and I think they did say at the end of the year we also might be getting Dresden, uh, the first Dresden File offshoot book, which is his young adult series focusing on Maggie, yeah, which oh, is nice. going to be starting. That he's right. Uh, Jim Butcher is writing with his sister. Oh, that's um, so cute. I so he's going to be doing that. a Maggie book series in tandem with Dresden. Oh, I so, love that. Uh, and he said they'll be every couple of years. So it'll be Maggie's adventures. So, that's adorable. Uh, which I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll see both of them, but I know. Uh, 
I do have a couple of Dresden shorts to read that I've got, you know, coming up, which is, uh, he just released the butch, uh, the Butters first day mm-hmm. as the Knight of the Cross, <laughs> which I heard was amazing. Uh, I have it, I just haven't read it yet, and I want to yeah. really read his jury duty, one where Dresden has to get stuck <laughs> on jury duty. That's awesome. Uh, and then there was the, um... Molly, Molly's first day of the Winter Lady. Uh, oh, that nice. came out this year too. Very so cool. really pumped to read them. Uh, uh, but the, my big huge thing for 2017, uh, episode eight, yes. hands down for Star Wars. And uh, my big huge thing uh, in just two weeks, we'll be finding out really all the full details about the Nintendo Switch, which comes out in March. I have never been this excited about a Nintendo system in a very long time because I think it's going to change the way we game completely. So, and I super- think it'll let you down spectacularly. <laughs> hey, I've been a Nintendo fanboy my entire life, so I already feel like I know what that's going to be, and it's right up my alley. So, Just just to play off that real quick, I thought VR was supposed to change gaming as we know it. It's so far doing it. It's yeah. just getting it in more people's hands. It's just so expensive. Yeah, yeah this is true. Yeah. You're asking anybody to have a $1,500 computer and a $800 headset, yeah. or a $400 PlayStation and a $400 headset as well, when you're not looking at $800, a lot of people just can't do that yet. So so what you're and telling me is go ahead and just tape the Switch to my face. Well, they're going to be doing something with that, actually. <laughs> Are they? They actually yeah, have a... They're going to provide the tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's special tape. That's, that's how Nintendo so stays much. in the race. Um... <laughs> You buy a system or a game, free roll of duct tape. Oh, that's cool. Plus, they can't really... We'll get into VR later. Yeah. Um, um, oh, man. I what a, man, So much to look forward to. Obviously, like I was mentioning earlier, Season 5 of Orphan Black last season. Really hyped to see how everything rolls out. And Season 3 of Rick and Morty, which we were promised at the end of this year. Like, it was supposed to be out October of this year, and they pushed it off. So that's, uh, that's something that's got me seriously excited. And obviously... Yeah, episode eight. Champion at the bit cannot wait for that. Mm-hmm. So, TJ, uh, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Wonder uh, uh, awesome. Like you guys are all talking about Star Wars, and I'm going, Nah, I saw the trailer for Wonder Woman. I know Jeff Johns is involved. I know that it looks Johns and, and and John Berg, who is a great, amazingly, really intelligent producer. So yeah. it's it's a really uh, good. I'm really match looking of forward people. to this, and I think that. And you know, it's going to be a step in the right direction for the DC Universe. And Patty Jenkins, a great director who is very notable for her time directing in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And even refused to do a Thor movie, the original Thor movie. That's who Disney was gunning after constantly. Yeah. And she was like, nope. So. So. Yay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. And then only a few months after that, hopefully the Justice League will, you know, redeem... Yay! Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Batman was one of the few good things uh, about uh, yes. Superman. Batman right. was Superman. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I can agree with you. Uh, it's the the 2017 hope of DC's continued uphill climb, because mm-hmm. Suicide Squad was a really good find foot, find their footing, make start making the right moves, but now Wonder Woman is the first moment where they have the right people behind the scenes running it from the start. Not yeah. just in post production, so fingers crossed. Um, any other last things? Um, I have a whole list. Go for it. Do it up. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the Tick on Amazon is that actually officially starting they, in twenty seventeen? They, they, they picked it up, and it's supposedly fall of twenty seventeen. 
Um, Amazon usually turns it around within a year, and the preview was this past summer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's a board game coming out called Vast. Yes, uh, it's Vast, the Crystal Caverns, yes. where you can play as, I believe... The it's cavern. Called, you can play as the cave, the dragon, the thief, oh or the warrior. And they all play drastically different from each other. Oh, and the... Uh, and the goblins, I believe. Yes. So, so the knight oh, is trying wall. to... <laughs> yeah, so the knight, I believe, is trying to steal the gold and get... Uh, well, the thief is what, trying to steal the gold. The, steal the, gold. the knight is trying, trying to kill, to kill the, dragon. the dragon. The dragon's trying to eat See, the knight. Eat everybody. Eat everybody. Uh, the goblins are trying to kill... Drive everybody to the dragon. dragon. And the cave is trying to kill everybody. Yeah. So By collapsing on itself. <laughs> no, it's actually very involved. But I heard it's actually like... <laughs> How do you kill the cave? beats dragon, no, no. dragon beats thief. The, the cave, right? the cave right? beats everything. I know. Yeah. That's where I was going. <laughs> um, and more Dirk Gently. Yay. Cool. Oh, and I, I'm going to add on to my list. I don't know if it's coming out in 2017, but Young Justice... I really, really hope it hits 2017. I hope. It was so good, and I'm so glad it's coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without the Cartoon Network. Yay! Oh, I got a last final one, too. The Supergirl Flash musical crossover yes. episode. Yes! yes. <laughs> and it sounds more and more and more like that Joss Whedon's the one directing it. Oh my god. So it's going to be really, really, really good. I can only dream. So that is that is the hope, and Neil Patrick Harris has made some nods that yes, he may very well be coming back to play the music meister. That would so be awesome. oh my god. it would be kind of cool. <laughs> be so good. Yes, please. So right? I think with that, let's take our break. We'll come back, and we're going to talk about the celebrity deaths of 2016, oh which god. just got a lot darker in yeah. the last did. 30 minutes. Yes, yes it did. Uh, and this is after already we people know about Carrie Fisher's death, but things just changed even more so. Uh, so that, uh, and then a little bit of uh, the positivity of what we can do about situations like this, how we can improve geek culture. Then we talk Star Wars, Rogue One, the spoiler-free discussion wrap up our show, then we'll be back to do our spoiler cast on Rogue One. See you in just a few. So, 2016 is coming to an end, and with that, also, we dealt with... Yeah, seriously. Uh, And with that, we kind of, as we're looking back, we realized, holy shit, we lost a lot of major people, as far as icons in Hollywood or music, Uh, and everybody's kind of constantly been looking at this as kind of like, what the hell is going on? Um... I mean, I think just kind of this to kick off some of the most notable people that have passed away this year. I just made a quick, tiny little microcosm of this list. And we can say David Bowie, Prince, Anton Yelchin, Gene Wilder, Leonard Cohen, Alan Rickman, Gary Shamling, Kenny Baker, Carrie Fisher, Ron Glass, 
Florence Henderson. Now we found out Debbie Reynolds. And addition, mm-hmm. uh, and also we had George Michael and Alan Thicke also in the last, what, week? Mm-hmm. Two weeks? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Debbie Reynolds, uh, this time is about 30 minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. As yeah. of this recording, which is when I said, hey, sorry, we got a little quiet because we somebody got a notification on their phone real quick. And we're <laughs> like, oh, holy crap. Yep. Which is, if you don't know, Debbie Reynolds is Carrie Fisher's mother. Um, so along with being an amazing actress in her own right, right? Seriously. Um, so holy crap, this is a lot of really major people that had a massive impact for a lot of people. Um, and I'm kind of curious of where you guys all stand on, on where your thought process is with all of this. I know me and Kat have been talking really heavily the last couple weeks, especially now with Carrie Fisher passing away. And I know even the last episode we talked right after Ron Glass passed away, kind of us kind of remembering him a little bit and some of our favorite things from Firefly with him and a lot of the other things that he's worked on. So um, does anybody want to dive in right off the bat? Well, I think it's kind of hard because you look at this list and, and you do, and you do look at some of these people like, I want to say, you know, Gary Marshall was in his late 80s. Um who else? Gene Gene Wilder was in his in his late I think seventies mm-hmm. early eighties, and I hate to justify it. So you go oh, well, that's a good long life, but then you look at somebody like Anton Yeltsin who was in his twenties. He was twenty seven. Twenty seven, yeah. and I think yeah, it's I think it's hard because I think we're kind of at the age where we're gonna start seeing some of our childhood idols and icons leaving us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really. I mean, it was a kick in the stomach, especially with both to start off the year. It was. Bowie and Alan Rickman, and I yeah. think it was a kick because no one knew they were sick. Yeah, you know, they they kept that very private. So yeah. all of a sudden, when we lost both of them within the span, I think of a week, um, I think that was a real kind of kick to the stomach. Um, there was a very loving tributes too, especially for Rickman, uh, oh, like uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in uh, oh Universal. God, yeah. Did the raising of the wands? And well, there was all these and, kids yeah. out there and adults all dressed in robes, standing in front of Hogwarts Castle, like the mm-hmm. facade of it is all holding their wands up. Well, and Bowie's final CD was a legacy. Yeah, Dark Star. You too, death was, and yeah. yeah, like he kind of left his final messages and kind of said, "Yep, I am dying, and this is me and my ideas of moving on." Like he knew it was coming, um, which was, was brilliant. It, it was and it, it was, was a dropped beauty. what like two days after he died. Or, yeah, I mean it was mm-hmm. very close to his. It death. was really close. Yeah, but it was incredibly amazing album too. Absolutely wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for us, like everybody here at this table, there's at least somebody that passed this year that like holds some kind of special significance for you in some way, shape, or form. I know, um, you know, Carrie Fisher was the one I thought that was going to hit me like a freight train. And it's kind of funny, uh, as we're bringing up all this stuff, um, I think a couple years ago when Robin Williams passed away, that one hit me really hard because I haven't had any death around me for a, quite a while. Um and one of my best friends passed away this year. And that was... That kind of made a lot of this feel very insignificant, almost. Like, it, it, they have... There's a lot of importance. And all these people are, were amazing people. And they're on right and share their stance in, in my life somewhere. And, you know, or favorite memories. But I never met any of these people personally. Um, so, like, when you have somebody close that kind of hits home. And... It kind of changes your viewpoint on this. Like when Williams died for me, it was, oh, this is, feels like the change of everything for me right off the bat. Um, and like all these amazing memories of my family all came rushing to you and all these little tiny things. Uh, and going into it this year, like that's very sad and it's very upsetting. But I think for me, it was very different. It was this kind of, 
This was drive to do more and more yeah. than it was anything else. It was Definitely. like all my memories of these people still exist because this was connections that I had for them from watching a movie. Yeah. Or well, there's now a vacuum in that pool of talent. You know what I mean? Like, which will be filled with. I mean, that's kind of a scenario, but it is the progression of life. Like, it's one of those things that now with all of that, it, it'll be interesting to see what new talents emerge and what new people kind of step in to fill those shoes. Yeah. But it leaves a bit of a, a, a sore point. I mean, I, I get that, again, going back to earlier in the conversation with, with older artists. Uh, yeah. You know, Nimoy, losing Nimoy hurt me a lot. But yeah. I understood, I mean, again, very long lifetime. Uh, how old was Alan Rickman? He wasn't, I didn't 69. think. 69. He was yeah. actually, oh, yeah, 69, he was 69 still in today's still modern older, times. at the same point, it's, it's at least a little older. But, yeah. I mean, like, there were, I mean, Carrie Fisher was 60. Like, yeah. There are younger ones for sure, where it's like, well, really? well, Yelchin. I mean, that that's that a tragedy. Is a huge yes. tragedy. And that, I mean, that wasn't that was car accident, if I'm not mistaken. His, right? yeah, so, I mean, there's it was a recall on his Jeep. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he thought it was a park, and it, it wasn't. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's I think you don't want to stack things in in order of of you know what could be worse. Let's say I mean any any loss is a loss, but yeah. I mean it, it definitely stings to see. Younger actors, uh, younger talent in any right. any category mm-hmm. taken from us, but uh, and, and, so just someone coming into his own, right? Oh yeah, God. definitely. Yeah. And by no means it's do I want to say like my thought process on this was a disservice to mm-hmm. any of these people. I absolutely, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think all these people were absolutely amazing uh, right off the bat. And I think Cat, mm-hmm. I mean, like you feel the same way. But it's it's yeah. I think it's uh, where we found our connection with a lot of these people, at least personally, was again it was growing up with them. It was it was the past. Um, and I know that I can always revisit these people and see them again anytime I go back to my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like, I always get to re-experience those feelings of them. Um, and a lot of these people, especially, like I said, I think Carrie Fisher's the one that hit most of us here at this table probably the hardest. Um, I'm you not sure. You could table that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, we're, we're out of this list, or even the list of people that did pass this year, Where what was the big one for everybody? Gene Wilder for me. Uh, yeah, I, I just have I have so many amazing memories of watching. Um, I just started to tear up thinking about. It. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, just like growing up watching Charlie the Chocolate Factory, and then later sharing um, the Mel Brooks movies. Like mm-hmm. you know, my my, my father yes. and I don't have a lot in common with some things, but those movies that brings us together. Blazing so Saddles. Young, Blazing young Saddles. Blazing yep. Saddles. Yep. I have some of the best memories um, with my father of sitting there watching that with him and, it, and it's nice to be able to have that that kind of common ground with him um, but yeah that was a that was a rough one and again that was someone you didn't know was sick and he didn't want people to know he was sick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, I think that went in and then yeah Carrie Carrie Fisher I think you know was too because sense. she was you know growing up she was the she was the girl power like that was the first ultimate mm-hmm. You know, I was too young for for the Wonder Woman TV show. Mm-hmm. I was right at the perfect age uh, when Star Wars came out to look at Carrie Fisher and be like, "You are a princess and a badass." Mm-hmm. I well, that was both. the cool thing about I think <laughs> her is Leia though too, because like a New Hope, she's not scantily clad at any point not in time. Of that, yet. it's just. And she's like, yep, princess and a badass. And she takes no shit from any, like, the fact that she doesn't, like, automatically swoon over the scoundrel. You know, she hates him. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot she of people... was one of the first princesses that taught us that they don't need to be saved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. So it kind of changed a lot. Fish, how about you? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, it, it's like you said with the whole personal versus not really knowing them. Um, mm-hmm. But it, um, I, I would probably say Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. He, he, there's a lot there that from even Charlie and Chocolate Factory versus uh, Blazing Saddles from college years. It, mm-hmm. it, there was a lot of laughs that I enjoyed for, for because of him. And that's what I love best about acting in general yes i love sci-fi but acting i love comedy mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean especially the old milbrook stuff that he was in but i mean like wilder did so much but charlie did chocolate factory is probably one of the biggest ones for all of us like or willy well willy wonka in the chocolate factory for yes for wilder uh let's not go into the oh god yeah no charlie in the chocolate factory we're gonna skip over that one there but yeah um tj for me it's it's a little different i don't I have trouble remembering actors' names 90% of the time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I remember them for their characters. And when they get to a point where I'm remembering them for their actual names, it's, you know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, none of them, like, the amount hit me hard. But, like, I love Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Gene Wilder was great. I also loved Alan Rickman. He was. Uh, he was great in um, Dogma, Do- Dogma Galaxy, Do- Quest. Galaxy Quest, oh, one of my Galaxy favorite Quest. movies. Oh, um, so good. And they were actually in the middle of negotiations to bring Galaxy Quest series to Amazon when he passed away. And it was like, and now they're not going to do it because they don't you have Alan Rickman. Yeah, you can't yeah. really have a Galaxy um, Quest with that. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yep. So you had all of these... You know, you know, David Bowie and Prince influenced a generation with their music. It's none of them personal. You know, none of them personally hit me hard. Mm-hmm. But the, it was. It felt like, hey, here's another one. Here's another one. Yes. Here's another yeah. one. And after a while, you're just kind of like, all right, I get it. You suck. Go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, does it feel like this is the first year where it has been that? Many. Prolific, yeah. Well, I think honestly, 2016 in general, I haven't seen a year where I just feel like, on top of the celebrity deaths, like personally, deaths occurring, people I know, deaths occurring, like significant ones. I it's just been a lot of death. Mm-hmm. Like what, what <laughs> it is is we're entering the age where our pop culture heroes from the 80s. Who were in their 40s are now in their 70s. 70s. But it's hard to see that because we always see them in that. Like Carrie Fisher to me will always, in my head, look like she did in A New Hope. Yeah. And I forget that she was a six-year-old woman sometimes because I always see her in the 1979 movie. uh, Actually, one of my favorites, and it was funny, I brought up to Kat when I found out. I watched one of my favorite clips of her ever. was a horror movie from maybe like... Seven or eight years ago, Sorority Row, where she's a den mother and a slasher (laughs) flick, and it was just, killer breaks into the house, and she has a shotgun in her hand, and she's like, come out, do you think I'm afraid of you? I live in a house with 30 crazy bitches, and I'm like, I love Carrie Fisher. I mean, mean, just look at, like, you know, the big iconic movies of our youth, Mm -hmm. Die Hard, Terminator, Rambo. How old are those guys yeah. now? Yeah, no, it's true. So we're getting to to Glad an age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to an age where those heroes we looked up to 
are now going to start passing away and we're going to start feeling it. Like, imagine what our parents felt like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think exactly. what it is, is I think it's actually the funny thing is, too, like I said, I'm taking this from Kat because she was the one that brought this thought process up. Um, our parents, though, didn't have this because pop culture wasn't as obsessive as we are nowadays. Yes, the world was. around us. Well, not to it this level. Different. It, very, it, it was it different. It but not the same. But the amount. So the sheer amount of it accessible and available was not there. Correct. The but at the same time, it still was... I mean, look, tabloids started in the 80s. Hmm. Sure, but um, the reach was even just going, not there. Not yeah, the but way even going now. back to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. People would turn on the radio to obsess over the you obsess over the information that's available. We have more information available, but the obsession level well, I don't think has changed. But so it's much. it's the idea. I think it's where I think I see what you're saying, but I think it's spread out a lot more. Yeah, uh, well, like I think the net is a lot wider. Yeah, and it's the idea of like Marilyn Monroe dies. People are going to talk about that for a few weeks, but now it's here's this big star. Now this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. So it's constantly... Or even minor stars. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is the whole slew of if they have... It's never-ending now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, access has been one of the bigger things, I think. You know, I don't think you would have met Marilyn Monroe and gotten pictures with her. Yeah. At, at, you know what I mean? Too. We, we yeah. have access now to both young and older stars that we didn't have back in the day. As they're starting... Well, I mean, not even starting. They've, they've understood the, the draw of conventions... Around uh, yeah. genres and you know fantasies and other things, we've been able to get closer to the stars. Hell, and I can pick up my phone right now and technically contact them on Twitter. Well, yeah, yeah, you can do that directly. If you go to a convention yeah. and want to spend a couple hundred bucks, and you can stand next to them, get a picture, and actually meet them, talk to them for half a second, whatever. If you want to meet any of these celebrities, there is a way now to meet yeah. every one mm-hmm. of these people. Which is what's more depressing because as you you lose these celebrities, you lose your chances. Like Carrie Fisher. I'd have loved to meet her. Like, just if, if you had to, I mean, understanding how it all works, that's something I'd spend money on. To get a real quick meet and greet, handshake, and a photo would be an amazing thing, and that's no longer possible. So it's kind of brought me into a sharper focus of maybe trying to figure out which which actors, you know, I really do want to meet, and trying to figure out where I can go to to actually be able to, you know, get a photo, get something that, that that's a more cerebral connection than necessarily just you know consuming what they're in but man yeah <laughs> dude this year is stunk well, yeah. i'm sorry this is just, thank you all <laughs> it, it wasn't just you know film tv theater, theater yeah. sports i mean hell we lost Comic muhammad books. ali this yeah. year we lost yeah. Oliver palmer this year you know we lost and music and gordy howe you know and music it's just it's kind of been a year of suck <laughs> That would bring us to our next topic. We'll fl- uh, with what Fesh said, was, uh, <laughs> things that you can plan to do for yeah, yeah, that's no, it's very true. true. Or, yeah. The future, how you can improve geek culture, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, the the biggest thing is. Well, I, let's move out of the bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. And I mean, I think there's only so much you can say about that either. Yes. I mean, I think. All of us are going to have those little connections, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like okay, well, that's out of your control. Um, one of the big things, and it was, it kind of, I'm tailing off of what I said earlier about, you know, one of the ways you can look at this is there is a huge, so all this loss of all these celebrities, there's a vacuum. If you are waiting on to work on your creative thing that you've always dreamed of, if you are waiting and waiting, do it. Go pursue the things you want to do. I mean, like, if you want more art, create it. Like, 
It's uh, like it is on us now and this generation. That one has passed. And that's really, I think, what we can take from this. Like, yeah. you know, if we want, you know, art, artists of that caliber, if we want music, if we want acting, go out and pursue that. Mm-hmm. You and know? it's something that's important to Support you. Support what is there. Like, yeah, I mean, like, there are going to be more. It's just the flux of things. But yeah. I think that's a really positive way to contribute. Yeah. I mean, it's the other thing, too. And even if you're not somebody that wants to do these things, and you want, it's important to you to meet some of these heroes of yours, instead of pushing it off, just do it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these lessons just kind of teach us over and over and over, instead of just sitting back idly, it's you have to start engaging. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the idea of, though, too, like, if you just like to consume, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You just want to be somebody that consumes that stuff. And enjoy it. But, like, maybe if you're doing that and you're like, well, I want to share my viewpoints and thoughts and theories on things, find your community. Get involved with your community. Find a way to add some more positivity to that. And I think it's a really big, huge thing. Well, when David Bowie passed, like, there was this... I, was, I had a discussion with people, but it was like, you know, okay, there are these icons. They were built that way. I mean, like, it didn't happen when David Bowie first emerged. Support, like, you know, if you see a musician and you think they're phenomenal, speak loudly about it. Signal like, boost. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, like, you know, you you have that power, too. Like, David Bowie did not become an icon in a bubble. That's not how yeah. that happened. Yeah. Like, you if know? you have an artist out there that you like, support them. Yeah. I would even go as far as saying if, if you run across things that necessarily aren't within your wheelhouse, but you know yeah. somebody whose wheelhouse they would fit perfectly in. Share. Yeah. Share it. Let people know that there mm-hmm. are these. And it's going to be much easier nowadays uh, with social media, with, with the amount um, of consumables that there are. It's yes. going to be easier There's for people <laughs> to find their niches <laughs> yes. and, and yeah. the people that are driving them, but it doesn't hurt. To point somebody in a direction that you think they might be interested in. I think one of the things, though, too, that you can do that's what is really special that we have the ability, and we said we're closer to these people than ever, mm-hmm. these celebrities. And when there's that somebody that's up and coming that you think is someone special, and if they have a Twitter account, dude, reach out to them and let them know that you think what they're doing is amazing. Yeah. Because the people that are still just starting off and are still trying to find their footing and trying to make it to the next level... That means the world to them. I mean, I do... This podcast is another one. I don't think there are anything like, you know, the best of the best. There's so many people out there that have so much talent. But even this past Christmas, getting a message from somebody and saying, like, dude, you guys get us through every Monday morning, and thank you. It makes our week that much better. I'm like, that feels awesome. Mm -hmm. So people that are trying and fighting constantly to do something... Well, and I mean, like, at the events I do, I've met so many fantastically talented people, like musicians, artists, like, again, the whole gamut of things. And, like, I love telling people about, you know, and I've what seen, I've heard. And, and you're a writer. I mean, you've had yeah. a good group of people come up to you and be like, I adored this. Like, I've seen, like, kids come up to you and be like, this is one of my favorite books. And a mom be like, it really is his favorite book. And it's really, really touching to watch because I see how that yeah. affects cat i mean that's really awesome um but i think that's that's something we have the power to do now is if there's somebody small out there that we really love boost them up do something for them because it matters to you and you would like to see them get to the next point you can do something positive for these people that are creating you know we're it's so easy nowadays because everything you want to consume you can just find it for free anywhere you want remember that these are people that are artists that need your support and that means also sometimes need your money 
You believe in them? Buy their CD. Buy their t-shirt. Go to their show. Buy their book. Buy their video game. Like, there's... It's a world nail yeah, of, like, of, of, of in, independent that, yeah. everything. It's all DIY now because it, we have now the ability to really do it. This is a really good opportunity for us as a community that loves this stuff to be there for them. So, And on, on kind of on the tail end of that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I hate to say, you know, you get you get 10% positivity in the internet and 90% negativity because yes. you have the trolls, don't feed the trolls. But... Mm-hmm. Go out, go out of your way to be positive and be positive to one another. You know, Bill yes. does, Bill does that. Be excellent to one another because so there's as we're finding from all these deaths that tomorrow is not a guarantee. Sadly, mm-hmm. and if you can, not necessarily. So if someone and we we saw this especially this year and and what happened this year especially politically that like if you and I don't agree, it's a fight to the death almost. Just yeah. because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean they're a bad person. You yes. just just don't agree. Don't make it personal. Just move on and say, okay, this is what mm-hmm. I think. This is what you think. But be positive to one another. Yeah. Especially in geek culture, because I've seen people torn apart because Marvel and DC. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually probably one of the best lessons that's that've been brought up. Yeah. It's one word. Listen. Yeah. Don't shout back. Just listen. Listen to somebody yeah. else's opinion. If you want to do anything awesome in 2017, instead of fighting back. Listen to somebody else's opinion. I heard. I heard a really. Inter- I read a really interesting meme. It says, "Don't listen to answer. Listen to hear." Mm-hmm. Um, that's no. It's very, very true. Be nice I mean, to each other. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, the positivity is way more appreciated overall than the barrage of negative comments on the internet. <laughs> um, I'll go. Well, you guys said a lot, but I'll go if you want to help. Now, yeah, there's at least one thing I, I, I will say you could do today a comic release called Love is Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is 140 pages for $9.99. Yeah, all of the money raised from this comic, every cent, will go to the victims of Pulse of oh, the Pulse awesome. shooting. Very, very cool. Um, to give you a general idea, so you know you're not buying just oh, hey, you know, a bunch of no names got together. The list of contributors includes Jim Lee, Paul Dini, Mark Miller, Grant Morrison, Scott Snyder, Jill Thompson, George Perez, Matt Wagner, Amanda Connor, uh, Olivia Copier, Patton Oswald, Damon Lindelof, Matt Boomer, uh, Morgan Spurlock, and J.K. Rowling. Oh, just those small names. Yeah, just yeah. those small names <laughs> have all contributed. Ones, yeah. And in several, the book's being published by IDW, and in several cases, yeah. the writers and artists were released from exclusive contracts to write for, to write and draw for this. Jim Lee has done a uh, <clears throat> one-page picture uh, using the Harry Potter characters. Uh, free of charge from J.K. Rowling, and it's beautiful. Yeah, um, but it's nine ninety nine. It's available in comic book stores and on Comicology. And like I said, every cent goes to the victims of the Pulse shooting. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a good way to start, um, but it's uh, it's worth it. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna go back to Ringo Starr and love and peace for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if if you can't do that, then I'm sorry. Um, I have another one with um, in retrospect to a lot of the just there. There's been a lot of hatred and intolerance in 2016 too. Um, again, going back to where you put your support. Um, 
there is a big movement in media, in publishing, in, again, it starts at the grassroots. I've seen a lot of, um, you know, diversity calls and things like that um, for from different publishers. Um, again, I don't know if it's hit the big ones yet, but the point is, if you wanted to hit the big ones, show your support where it counts. Like, you know, maybe go outside of your wheelhouse and pick up something that, you know, has a diverse lead, you know, or an LGBT hero, heroine, whatever. But like, you know, when you put the money there, they will continue producing that. Unfortunately, like the business end of it, like if it's not getting the financial support, they won't continue to try to do that. And it's an important thing to just kind of continue. It needs a little bit of a push before it becomes a normalcy. Mm -hmm. And we would love it to become a normalcy. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it'd be awesome. But yeah, I mean, like just getting that out there more is very important. Piggybacking off of that uh, and, and trying not to get, obviously, too, too political. No, that's okay. This, I was actually going to bring up a minor <laughs> political. Yeah, I, I fear things may become a little bit darker. God hopes I'm wrong, but I fear things could become a little bit darker in the next four to eight years. I think the biggest message is be there for each other. Yes. Just oh, honestly support. Be there for each other. Be there for your communities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stand strong as a, as a single front and, you know... Lean on people when you need to and take the weight when you have to. And I, yeah. I, I think if we all do that, we're going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, and I to jump off of that point, too, like, there are amazing organizations that are exist out there that help fund a lot of these things to get more social awareness out there, to fight pure different groups' rights. Like, you know, like, I decided this year I was joining the ACLU because it... There's a lot of things involved in it that are important to me. So I gave them money, and I'm a member there, and I'm now keeping track of what's going on. There was something I could do to be involved. There's tons of ways. If there's something that's important to you, look it up. There's a thousand and one opportunities out there for people. So, yeah. Yeah, be involved. Don't be complacent. Yes. I think because that's, that's the thing when people become complacent is when bad things happen, it seems. So. Yeah. And I think it's, <laughs> it's really easy right now. I know, like especially people in our age bracket and younger right now are very feeling very, you know, they, they're feeling, seeing so much turmoil around them and are doing very little about it. And there's certain people that are very proactive and this is a good chance to be proactive. Mm -hmm. So instead yeah. of complaining on Facebook or Twitter or <laughs> arguing with family members or mm -hmm. friends or coworkers, stop doing that and just, do something, actually be a part of a solution. And I think it's cool to see that I've seen so many awesome friends out there step up and say, here's a thousand and one links you can look at right now of all these organizations and groups you can join, places that really could use their money, and you could actually potentially help and change something. And amazing communities the same way, where you can just be there for them. It's just cool to see people do this. So, um, Anybody have any last points on this? Okay. Can we go ahead and get 2017 here? Yeah. Like yeah. now? We're, we are, do we have to wait for the weekend? Every day. We are days away. Do we so. have to wait for the weekend? But actually, yes. I think that was probably the most serious we've ever been on the show for that long. Uh, That's how time works. Ones. We have, but I think that was the one that got the most for the quiet. Uh, honestly, at this point, I'm ready to give a liver and a lung. Yeah, possibly a kidney to Betty White. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. 
She can harvest whatever organs. Don't let 2016 know that she's still here. There's already a GoFundMe to protect her from 2016. I mean, and we're talking about all this, but you know, we just had Kirk Douglas celebrate his hundredth. We just had today is um, Stanley's 94th. I mean, we still got some good ones left. So So, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, let's jump into something super positive and something that we all wanted to talk about definitely tonight. Uh, right off the bat, we know at this table, yep, three people here. It was their top movie of the year that we didn't bring up earlier. Fish, Fesh, and myself. Mm-hmm. Rogue One, Star Wars. So good. So, spoiler-free discussion here is starting now. At the end, after you hear our normal credit music, uh, I'll put a little timestamp here as well on the description of the episode so you know if you want to hear the spoiler cast end of this, just jump to that point. But... Right off the bat, what did people think of Rogue One? Like, I, I think it was better than Force Awakens. Okay, fully agreed. Yeah. Fully agreed with that. I felt it was Empire Strikes Back. Good. Yes, I agree <laughs> yeah. with you on that. Yeah, it was. And that ends our spoiler. Yeah, that's all we can say. Check back. No, right? I don't know. It wasn't Empire Strikes Back to me. No, it okay. wasn't. Okay. Um, it was. It was. Uh, it really rung more of Episode Three. Okay, um, real quick. Really? I, well, bear in mind, hold on. Fish, do me a favor. Yes. Can you go through your current Star Wars film rankings? Uh, well... Because I know you have it in your brain already. Empire. Number one. And believe it or not, episode one. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say, why? Why, why? Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gregory is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he motorcycled across the world. That's what makes him amazing. <laughs> he motorcycled across the world to say. <laughs> Those oceans are very hard, Sorry. but he did it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, uh, but speed. The Flash taught me you can run on water. Uh, um, true. But, um, yeah. Uh, then probably seven, then six, then three, then four, then two. Okay. Um, and not because two is the worst... Just because there has to be something at the bottom. Um, Rogue One, I won't ever put in that list because it is not part of the... The canon. No, it's it's part of the canon. canon. It's It's not part of the the saga. 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 Therefore, there was no 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 crawl. Oh my god, that was so weird. That is exactly it. They want to separate it from the rest of the saga. The saga of the Skywalkers, which is... um, But the... Ranking them, um, if I had to put Rogue One inside of that mix, it would probably go just under Episode One because it it was it was really good. Um, and I'm trying not to say anything <coughs> I shouldn't say, but it really had a good tone of Episode Three, which is really really dark and. And just the way Vader felt was closer to episode three than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And And I'm not even talking about the robotic suit. I'm talking about even the Hayden Christensen being Darth Vader before everything goes down. It was the anger. You felt it. Yeah. And I think this is the only spoiler I will give, but Darth Vader makes a pun. And that was probably one of my favorite moments in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) And I think I saw a lot of people around me kind of like, that was amazing, because it was just fun. Um, But very different Star Wars movie, though. This is very much a Mm war-centric film. Like, 
through and through. And I think again plays back to episode three. Right. And I think one of the coolest things about it, and that's not really spoilery at all, is the fact that we got to see the Alliance make hard calls, and the Alliance is not a pure good force. They're very much in the gray. They are doing and making very hard calls, which is really kind of cool to see. You always kind of see them in this as this bright shining light in the background. And it was cool to see in this movie them not be this bright shining light. They were like, we will do whatever it takes to achieve what we need. Yeah. We've and gotten that, past the hype. Yeah, and it was it was cool as hell to watch. It was I think it was really amazing to see. Well, if you look at the sagas, really, especially like four, five, and six, your only gray character was Han Solo. He's the scoundrel. Yeah. Everyone else is, you know, the 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 light, the the white, you know, the white hat and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it was nice to see. And even his okay. hat was kind of off white. It's true. I was, <laughs> was going to say Obi Wan Kenobi was definitely a gray character in those movies. He lied to everybody. That, that is, is true. true. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> the so had a great poker Lando Spock face. Uh, Lando was hard to figure out too. Be, I mean, he redeems himself, but before you get a good explanation for why he does, he comes across as kind of a dick. Let's, yeah. let's okay. not kid ourselves here. One of the main things I want to bring up real quick is the cast. The cast of characters. What did everybody think about the cast? I like them. I love the main character. I really, I did really like the cast. I think my favorite was, um, what was the robot again? K2SO. 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 That, that one. And can I just say, him compared to Jar Jar Binks, in, in, <laughs> no, seriously, in the realms of comedic relief, that's how you do it. Yes. It yes. was subtle. It wasn't necessarily, you know, just shoved down your throat. No offense. No, no, no. But no, I already yeah. said it's Obi-Wan. It's not. I know. I, I know. But to, to, to me, that's, that's how you do comedic relief. Yes. It, just the right moments, the right things said, and then you let it, you let those little brief shining moments carry that feeling you don't have to beat the dead horse with the stick like i think they may have done in the prequels you know with mr binks fair enough um sorry who was everybody's standout character right off the bat uh teach uh i'd actually have to say the um actually you know what i'm not sure if i can say who it was without spoilers you can say it without, just don't give your explanation. Okay. Um, I can't remember his name, but the blind guy with the stick? Chiru. Hmm? Chiru. Uh, yeah. Oh, that okay. guy. I thought he was fantastic. He okay. was awesome. Well, like, he's in every trailer. You know he's there. Yeah, but there's things... He's like, a guardian of the wills, which was awesome that they actually did that. I know. I, I don't know if anybody else, aside no. from me and Fish, knows <laughs> why that's significant. The wills was the original name for the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard, and actually, the original title to A New Hope it was the was the chronological adventures of Luke Skywalker, uh, and then it was Ooh. it was the Force of the Wills. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first one was clunky. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the script title was called. But oh, it was good. it was it was called the Force of the that Wills. That was his save file. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, got you. I get you. I get you. On his typewriter, right? You right. Hit, things like yeah. buttons. Uh, come on, but he they, had a they're T-180 not one eighty at least. Didn't he? <laughs> He, he hasn't picked up a tablet yet. I'm pretty sure he knows what a kin, uh, what a typewriter is. Uh, I'm sort of pre-typewriter right now. So pen and paper? I think more like, you chisel know. And chisel and hammer. Chisel and tablet. I wish chisel and hammer. I'm still trying to make paint out of animal fat for the cave walls. But I'm going to get it down next year. You watch. Um, yeah, that was, that was mine. But so. true. Yeah. Okay. Fish. Oh, I love bees. 
Baze? He, he, yeah. Baze was uh, Truth's partner. Yeah. yeah okay. the, the gunner. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, let me yeah. let me ditto yeah, that. Yeah. I, yeah. Just mowed everything down. and You all. Yeah, but his, devo- his devotion to his partner. Uh-huh. Aaron. Fair character? Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though I am, I mean, I am maybe six minutes of screen time total. I was the three-year-old. I was a three-year-old little girl in Halloween that dressed up like Darth Vader. I will always love Darth Vader. (laughs) You said K two S O. Yes. For the record, they were a hell of a six minutes. (laughs) They were, and we'll get to that very soon. Back to base. Back to base. Yeah. Sorry, your base. Yeah. No. Ah, God damn it! So good. I actually have to say, I right off the bat, I I I gotta say too. It's probably true. True was mine as well. I think Shruton Bays and K2SO stole the show, and then Vader has a hell of a moment. And I think probably his defining moment is a character that we see him as that character on screen, as Vader, in the suit Vader, not episode three. Not Anakin. Right. You start realizing why... Why the why everyone is so scared of him? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the best way that I've I've seen it, and I think where I kind of reiterate for Rogue One is there's three celebrities little tweets that they brought up and uh Will Wheaton uh his response immediately after leaving the theater was I haven't felt like that coming out of a Star Wars movie like since the same way and since 1977 mm-hmm. which was pretty amazing um also means Will Wheaton's older than me but continue Chris Hardwick <laughs> his was uh I just got out of Rogue One and the only, I don't know what to say except, oh, I know, and it's all caps, Gareth Edwards, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> and then Kevin Smith simply saying, just got out of Rogue One. It was good. Empire Strikes Back, good. <laughs> and that was it. And I feel like I kind of, that is in my rankings now, probably in my number two slash, maybe potentially number three slot, not sure uh, exactly where things stand, but Empire still being top. And that being really close to directly either right underneath it or maybe the one below that. So, um, but hands down, awesome movie. Yeah, getting getting away from the actors though for a moment. Uh, one of the reasons I think this one really really hit me, it was the right mix of CGI and stage prop. Mm-hmm. And I understand with the originals, there was very you know, there was well there was no CGI, yeah. you know, they which is one of the amazing yeah. But one of the amazing things was their ability to to bring it to life so much with the technology they had at the time. Mm-hmm. I think in a way that led to an overuse of CGI when the prequels came yeah, around. Agreed. Which it, that's part of the issue I have with the prequels is it's hard for me to to fall into it because it seems just not not Too real. Detached, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of detached. This took both elements to just the right point. And it was also good to see nostalgic, old, you know, Star Wars mixed into a new storyline that I wasn't familiar with. And that kind of grabbed me. I liked seeing, you know, original Stormtroopers in a completely different setting than than I'm used to seeing. And some new Stormtroopers. And some new Mm -hmm. Stormtroopers, granted. But but This is what I wanted The Force Awakens to be. Something different but familiar. Whereas... The Force Awakens just felt like a retread of A New Hope. This felt like something different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it was still... new, it was new, but re- a whole hundred percent relatable. <laughs> right. I mean, there, the, the plot of the movie is not a spoiler. They're going after the Death Star plan, so yeah, we got another Death Star. But theoretically, it's oh, we the, have first... the original Death Star. Yeah, yeah, but it's the original Death Star. Yeah. It's OG Death Star. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's 
but it still felt like I wasn't treading on ground that I had already seen. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. like a new, like something new. It was, it was, you know what? It was an amazing prologue to episode four. Yeah. Yes. It was the best prologue you can imagine. I, I just want to point out real quick, just to get back to the Death Star and a few other things. Uh, not going to go in depth. We'll do that later on. I like the fact that it closed some of the loopholes from A New Hope. Like yeah. it did do a really, really good job that. of explaining a yeah. few things. But I think that's... However, so it opened up one massive hole that we'll talk about later on. Okay. In, in how it went about doing that. Okay. Which has been confounding me. Uh, actually, the last question I have before we close out this topic, we'll get into our closer <laughs> because I think we're all struggling not to talk about some major things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, um, shit, I think I lost it. What Goodbye, was I going to say? God damn it. As far as nostalgia, without spoiling anything, yeah. too much nostalgia or just the perfect amount? Uh, real quick, let's go around fish. Uh, I could have done without the cameos from the episode episode four people and, uh, yeah. you know. Okay, Aaron. Uh, I actually like the amount of nostalgia. I thought Force Awakens played a little too much to it. Like, hey, 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 I look at this. Look, that. remember these guys? You know, remember this line? Yeah, the I know. Back, that, you, know. you know, I think that was it was a little too heavy handed, but I thought this was just perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Same perfect. I thought it was perfect. Agreed with the cameos from four. Could have done without it. Yeah. Um, There's a couple though that are kind of awesome though. The, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Like there was one specific set of cameos where I went, really. You know, well, but I know. I, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I think I have a. There's a good backup for that, and we'll get that into that in spoiler talk. Um, all right. Well, let's dive into our closer. Then we'll come back, go into this, and uh, we can actually. Jump back into this this same exact conversation. So, okay. uh, so we are going to close out the show. We tried this last month, and this is us kind of rehashing it. And I had a couple people reach out and say they really loved this. So I guess the editing worked, uh, which was good because it took me a long ass time to make that listenable. Um, so, remember, guys, long pauses and lots of writing on paper. Yeah, I or I will plan. stab you all, and does I will need anyone, a pencil from somebody so I can at least make some and hash does marks. Does anyone else need a pen or pencil? No, no, no. <laughs> one person. For a good reason, because we're about to do our new closer, which is 20 questions. It's cartoon 20 questions. So it, this, everybody here at the table, what we're going to do is I have a cartoon character in mind very specifically. And everybody here will come up together, come up with their, their thought process on this. Oh. You don't have to do this in order if you have a thought process or you guys want to debate, should we ask this question, talk it out a little bit. So we're not doing each individual person comes you up with their if you want to. Own, no, but, own character. No. So not, oh. no, no, no. Well, I just shot. If you want to be here until <laughs> 2 in the morning. I just <laughs> shot Papa Smurf in the face. <laughs> yes, you did. Damn. So, how we're going to do this is this is purely a cartoon character that I have in mind. You guys are going to try to guess it. Um, and this is a character everybody at this table does indeed know that this character does exist, has at least seen them at least once in their life, guarantee oh, it. God. They're not some obscure oh, character. It that, is. It's not an obscure <laughs> character that TJ's probably thinking of. Is it Dean Venture? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Dean Venture. It's not Defenders of the Earth characters, TJ. I'm going to tell you this now. Captain Planet? So, whatever. No, 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 it's Batman. <gasps> whenever you guys are ready. I say we start with fish or what we're wearing. Let's around. let's That's begin cartoon twenty questions. Is this character currently on TV in a series that is producing new seasons? No. That narrows it down. Next question. Huh. 
was this character popular when we were younger? Yeah. <laughs> Not Cat. <laughs> um, I need you to be a little bit more specific. Give, give, a, give, me, a, give a period. Give me, was give this, me, was give this a character game. popular in the 80s? No. Okay. No character. Um, is this character male? No. Okay. So it's either female or an it. (laughs) Is this character from the 90s? Yes. Is this character a female? Uh, I was already just asked. In a different way. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, well. Uh, Character character was male. male. Uh, Right. So it was Char- character female. Yes. Okay. 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 So not an it. Not, not an it. it. So and it you are eliminates animal, I think. And that's well, it also it eliminates transformers. It that's eliminates true. the end from uh, the the. Well, that's a matter of perspective, but no, I can. I will say, I'll be honest with you guys, though, it's not a transformer. Yeah. It eliminates so. the Ewok. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> also eliminates like monsters and stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, no, no, you didn't ask any of those questions because yet. It's still, it can be female, but male or female. Yeah. yeah. Does the cartoon play. series take place in space? Uh, I can't answer that question. Ask a different one. Okay. Oh. Um, does the does the character that we see in the series? Um. How to phrase it? Oh. Uh, I know it's tough, right? I will say, if there are inconclusive ones where I can't give you a definitive answer, I'll just tell you no, because I don't want any questions. We had a couple last time that did shake things up a little bit. Is the character ever seen on Earth? (sighs) How would you define Earth? I need Um, you to quickly give give me your version, because cartoon Earths are very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, Skip me for now. I'll I'll come up with a different one. That's fair. Is she an animal? Yes. Oh, she lasted. Okay. <laughs> um. Shite. So to uh, to real real quick recap, she's an animal. you know your character is from the nineties, is female, and is an animal, and, and is still currently being produced. No, and it's not. Yeah. Her is not currently being produced. Did we get if it was in a TV series or movie? No, we did okay, not. Okay, then I will try that one. Um. Is this character in a movie? No. Okay, TV series. Hmm. Oh, this is hard for me. Is it... Ah, crap. Does this character wear armor? No. Is it the main (laughs) character of the series? Oh, good one. Question. That's an inconclusive... That's an inconclusive... Damn it. ...question. You have to be a little bit more specific. That's. I'm so confused. Is the character part of a team? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna answer yes. What? So wait, it's not. Okay, so it's a '90s. So they're part part of a group. Animal. Part of a team. Yeah. Um. Stop. (laughs) Um. No. You are nine questions. Uh, oh, does yeah. the character wear goggles? No. Oh. That's oh, that oh I knew where you were going that's with the that. Tenth, that's the tenth question. Okay. You know what's funny? I think we reached the same character. Right. But now it's the other one from the other show. Right. <laughs> does not wear Aaron? goggles. Uh, Disney. 
Or yeah, that's yeah. Is it a Disney? No, it is not from a Disney animation. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Okay. That, that is a good hint, though. If you, uh, like I said, talk this out with each yeah. other. Like, oh, where, where, where you guys are thinking. And Twin, you asked me a question. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? I was thinking Gadget. Gadget, yeah. That's what I was thinking with the goggles. Was Darkwing Duck Yes, Darkwing Duck. Was Disney, okay. Same universe as DuckTales. That's right, okay. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk to each other. Like, should we ask this question? Should we ask this? She's not asking. Well, she's babies. Yeah, she. But that's technically Disney. No, but no, it wasn't. 80s, though. It, was, it wasn't Disney at the time. And it was 90s. It was, was 90s, it? yeah. Ooh, I got a good question. Again, this is why... Let's is find out if she's got brothers. <laughs> what are you thinking, Fesh, before we... The Animaniacs, honestly. Oh, oh Dot. that's a good one. Well, that could be completely off base, well, though. That might be a waste it. of a yeah. question. Yeah. That could be a waste of a question. Don't ask. Does she have family? Well, no, no, no. Does she have brothers in the series? Yes. It could be Dot. It might be Dot. I think it might be Dot. I think it might be too. It's, it's well, one then, that I would well, know. Do we want to waste That's a question say, trying to narrow yeah, it down? Ask, uh, yeah, because you haven't asked a question yet. Maybe you should. Is it a Warner Brothers show? Oh, is it a Warner Brothers show? It is a Warner Brothers show. <laughs> oh, that helps. Okay. That does All narrow right. it. Hmm. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, wait. But there was no does the think out loud. have a red nose? Well, that one will really settle it for sure. <laughs> for Dot, yeah. yeah. That um, would settle it for Dot. You know what? Ask another question. I have to double check something, but I want to say that's a no. Oh, I don't uh, know about Dot. Do Dot have a red nose? Dot does. You're certain? I don't remember. Okay. Warner okay. Brothers looks just, certain. Uh, okay. So it, it is could, a Warner Brothers show we found out, correct? Yeah. Okay. It, it is, is a Warner Brothers show. It is Warner show. Brothers, not Disney. So let's get away uh, from Does the character animals. have long ears? Oh, was it? Oh, um, ba- oh my God! What was that? Yeah, there we go. Uh, your question on that was: Is does she have a red nose? That is a no. Okay. Uh, what was the next question? Does the character have long ears? Yes. Babs Bunny. Talk oh about God. this together. Uh, I was gonna say: yeah. Should we narrow it down? If you, if you answer call? the question, yeah. If you answer or <laughs> give us, give me your guess, and you are wrong, the game is done. I mean. Ah. It sounds like it. Long I mean, Babs years. had a brother, right? Yeah. He was in the series. Yes, yeah. she was. This is correct. Uh, and it technically was a group because it was, was that Tiny, Tiny Toons? It was Tiny, Tiny Toons. Toons. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If any... you want to get more stuff, you can ask a couple questions I was say, around we those We still things. have five so questions. We used to was, burn an you, you are at 15 questions. Was, well, I just was this character anything. pink? This character is pink. <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's a bunny. I think it's a bunny. Hold on. Let's reach for consensus here. Okay. So we've got two that are certain it's Babs the Bunny. Yes. Three. Fish. <laughs> I'm going. Hang on. Hang on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there were any other Warner Brother any cartoons pink? right about that time with pink character in them. With, with long ears. ears. With long, long ears. ears. Rob just said there are. He's either throwing us off. Yeah. But you didn't ask a question. This so I get to because like, I, did, oh I did so badly in school in the 90s that I missed a lot of television time. <laughs> Would this character describe herself as cute? I don't know how to answer that one. Okay. So that would be inconclusive? Yeah. Okay. Because Beth so definitely did in the show multiple times. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember that. And Miss Piggy. But if you didn't remember that. Um, but Miss Piggy did not have long ears. And does not have brother. She doesn't have a brother. Brother, brother in the show. Yeah. 
And she's not Wonder Brothers. <laughs> oh, that's probably the most important so, yeah. thing. So it fits I see why you're all writing this down. Yeah, and like honestly, um, if I can't answer it, it may just also mean at this very moment he I no. can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so think so, things out. Pink, long ears, not red nose, Warner Brothers, not Disney. How many questions do we have left? You yeah. have four questions left. You have to guess on 20. Yes. Right. You want to ask mean, the bow question? Seems like bows. Mm? Does she wear bows? Well, I was going to ask, does she co-host the show with no relations? No. Uh, um, or does she have a B in her name? Do we have any other things that could even, like, compete? Mm. Do you know what From I mean? From the nineties, like, a pink female character with long ears. Animal. Yeah, probably. Animal doesn't help. It's the nineties. Yeah, Everything was crazy back then. Yeah, but then she could be a snorkeler. We know that was no. the eighties. That was the eighties. That was the eighties. Did the snorks go into the nineties? No. No. no, I'm no good at this game. Does <laughs> <laughs> right. she have ever stuck in the eighties? the bow question. Yeah, go for it. Does this character wear bows on the ends of her ears? That character does indeed. All right. So, yes. It's Babs. I'm thinking we've narrowed yeah. that down. Yeah. I'm so yeah. as well. I, I yes. Group consensus so has been met. Bunny. All right. Who's going to say it? It's Babs Bunny. Is this character is indeed. We got Babs it. Yes. Yay. Tiny Toon Adventures. You guys are now one for one. <laughs> Good job, one guys. For two. One for two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't get it. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get it last time. One for two. So. I'd like to think my armor question kind of settled down. <laughs> yes. It was a but very good job, question. guys. Very, very good job. So let's uh quickly, we'll go around the table. Everybody can talk about real fast anything that they're working on. If there's anything they want to even say, hey, you really should check out this specific such and such. Um, so starting with Paul. If you haven't started watching it, catch up on Orphan Black. Enough said. Okay. TJ. Uh, check out Love is Love. Fish. Dirk Gently's Holistic <laughs> Detective Agency. And that is on BBC? BBC America. Also okay. on my to-do list. Yeah. Erin. Watch Supergirl, because okay. it's flipping awesome. Cat, what's Girl's going on in your world? Um, read Philly Coven Chronicles. I have a new book coming out on February 7th, 2017. Awesome. And as for me, uh, you can always find uh, the other show I do, which is a weekly show, which is uh, with Ben Beck, who's normally on the show pretty often. Uh, and that is DC Primetime. It's also on the same podcast network as what you're listening to. So that's nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, and always we say a special thanks to DJ Cutman and Game Chop Records uh, for the intro song. Uh, that's actually, the song is called How Attractive. It's from the album The Wii U Grooves. Um, so definitely check that out over at GameChop.com or DJCutman.com. You'll be able to get to the same point. Uh, you can always find us as well at Facebook.com slash Caffeine Crew. You can always email us as well or find us on Twitter at TheCaffeineCrew at gmail.com or, uh, again, this Caffeine Crew on Twitter. Uh, and uh, make sure you stick around in just a minute or two. We are going to get into the spoiler discussion uh, for uh, Star Wars Rogue One. We all openly have stated at this point we love the movie, um, but it's really hard to talk about it without just geeking out full force. So uh, hang with tight for a few minutes, and if you haven't seen the movie, um, come check this section of the episode out after you get a chance to check it out. So, all right, guys, we'll see you around the bend. Peace. Bye. And welcome to the Star Wars Rogue One spoiler cast. Uh, this is the same group of people sitting around uh, from the episode. 
And uh, so, now we couldn't get a chance to dive into a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. So, right off the bat, who wants to dive in with the first thing that they just need to say? Fesh. I need to point out the closing of the plot hole and the massive plot hole that I believe it opened back up again. Okay. Which is, um, they closed the plot hole on the exhaust vents. Yeah. Okay, everyone's always, you know, oh, how do you have yeah, it was intentional. That's awesome, okay? This was built in by somebody that was rebelling from the inside sure, uh, yeah. from the very start of the design. The problem I have is the movie itself leads to an even bigger plot hole. Why do they go to the shielded planet to in, in the first place? Why is that where they have to go to get the information they need? Because that's, the, that's, only the, place, place. that's the only place it's stored. Right. Okay. The right. engineer and all the engineer's closest aides are gunned down in the movie. Everybody that had critical knowledge of how this actually worked is killed. And then the original plans are taken, and the tower that stored all the data is destroyed. How the hell did we get a, de- a second Death Star? It was already under construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> crap. So there isn't a massive okay. plot hole. Are you going to tell me that they could construct a... a second space station that's at least four times as large as the first one? Yeah. In the span of two and a half years, I believe so. The emperor can do many good things. Empire when can it do took many them, things. when it took them eighteen years to build the first one. I'd also like to point out why build one when you can have two for twice the price. Well, this is true, but again, the question becomes: <laughs> points if you got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I really wanted to see an alien in that movie. <laughs> I really that was going to be the money shot, and it was her dad. Um, Contact is is neither here nor there. Let's keep keep on Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's keep on Star Wars, but keeping on Star Wars, okay, granted they were both under production, minus the original plans, minus the original engineers who would design these systems. Okay. Why wasn't the second one stalled out? And uh, you might know this because you are a god with the old lore, and I don't. You you have to think about it this way. The Death Star is already complete by the start of the main portion of the... I'm not going to say the start of the movie. The start of the main portion of the story. Yep. Okay? They're still mining Jetta for kyber crystals. Why? They have okay. a second they one. They second need one. it to establish... They need it and if you notice, the second, the second one wasn't finished. Well, no. It, it was maybe. just functional. Oh, well, they probably would have fully armed and operational. They probably would have built Think the Think of it as the, the Empire's soft opening on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the second Death Star. Come to so. think of it, they would have started the laser right. first. Okay. Okay, I so buy that. back that, to Rogue One. That solves my um, question. <laughs> well, that was on Rogue One. Uh, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. I, I will say that... But uh, leading into... I will yeah, say I, that my... The thing that I think it closed for me... And this was always my question, was why didn't Leia just transmit the data? Well, because it couldn't be. It was too large. Mm-hmm. So they had to put it on a disc. The The whole end sequence yeah. with Darth Vader going through going through and get, and then watching the Leia ship get away explains <laughs> why he's on 10 and, get, and, and when he goes in, he's already pissed off because they got away once. And now they're all gaslighting him. Now they're all going, oh no, we're an ambassador ship. No, you're not. I saw you leave the flipping paddle. Yeah. Give me the goddamn plans. It it also brings into a stark reality how closely these events are related. They're not out they're not out flying. Yeah. You know, uh, a Star Destroyer for months on end trying to figure out what to do. At the opening of a new hope, 
It's probably they are ten, still being hot chased. Pursuit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's probably is, ten minutes later. Yeah, which, which to be honest, A New Hope, I had always thought it was kind of like a culmination thing. If not, maybe several and, hours at the most. Yeah. yeah. Day, no. two days. They're not even much. Right on top of them. Yeah. Right on top of them the whole time. And that was damn well done. Yeah. Um, okay, so TJ, you mentioned right off the bat when we were talking in the spoiler-free end of this, there's two cameos specifically you didn't like. My guess is that's R2 and 3PO. Well, no, no, that, that was no, one that's set. one cameo. Okay. That's one cameo. The other cameo was the two um, bar guys. Bada-bink. Yeah, and I could have done without both of them. I didn't need yeah. The, yeah. the call-outs to either of them. The, the, it still made me smile. It, There's the, no lie when they, I, they brush up against I want to know how them. they got from there to Tatooine yeah. without dying. <laughs> they would have had to escape Jeddah relatively yeah. quickly. Yeah. They had to be leaving Jeddah. Like they were in the process of leaving Jeddah at that moment. They wanted an over twelve star system, so <laughs> I mean, you know, so, you hey, don't stick around. That was an long. imperial opera, uh, you know, like you know, guarded system that they're watching over in Jeddah. So they're like. Empire's here, peace, we gotta get going. Yeah, but Empire was there for a while, so peace, yeah. what were they doing there? But even still, yeah. hey, maybe it's like in Firefly, where like, we need to go to Persephone and meet Badger. We don't want to because, well, alliance control, whatnot, but need That's the money. Here's the drop-off, peace, we out. Yeah. But, so, and then the, that could explain why Mash Face and Walrus Boy were there. And our 2 cameo was like, eh, whatever, I don't yeah. you know, though, need them. You know what, but it also puts them in a link, too, because they're always the constant link in every Star Wars film. And With they, the exception of Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. So. They would have to have been there at the end of the fourth or at the end of the movie on Leia's ship, though, because Yeah, but I didn't need them in the hangar. Yeah. Why not? Because why why did I need them? <laughs> because it's always nice to see 3PO. We yeah. could have had them on the ship. Adorable. That would have been acceptable. I don't know if we actually even saw them on the ship. Nope. No. no. Yeah. We saw them in the hangar. If you put them on the ship, cool. That's fine. Whatever. There, there had been no time to introduce them on the ship. That sure, ending, that ending been... sequence was yeah. Much like, too do, you, do you want to lose that? What awesome moment we got at the end? Because like when you see Leia at the end, you're like, they could have been standing in the hole with her in the top hallway. That would have been even more approaching. No, that would have been that would have been pandering. I think that would have been like, look, here's three major characters of one scene. I didn't even need to hear them speak. Okay, just seeing them in the hallway as a trooper goes running by. But you know what, though? That kind of breaks it, because, like, as that whole sequence is happening, you're like, oh, R2 and, and 3PO. And then you're like, and everybody's, like, yeah, peeking out, and then I'm like, Leia. And then she says something, everybody's like, everybody's cheering, and I didn't hear what the fuck yeah. she just said. Yeah, but let me tell you, I was already pulled out of the movie, pulled out at that point when Leia turns around and it's 19-year-old Carrie Fisher digitized in. Like, okay, yeah. here's a good question now. We have four major characters. Well... Two major characters and two minor characters brought back in this film with the magic of CG. Mm-hmm. What were the two minor? Uh, oh, gold, gold leader two, and yeah, red, gold uh, red, red leader. Yeah. yeah, and then also Tarkin and Leia. Yeah. Um, who yeah. here enjoy that fish? I or, did. I, you did. I you were good all. with it, Aaron. I, I did. I wish. I thought they would have been able to do more if they used it less. Like, I thought it was super cool when all you saw was his reflection in the... Or, and I, or, or, uh, or silhouette. Yes. Yeah. like yeah. But, but that first part where he's talking to him and all you see is the reflection against the glass. And you know it's Tarkin. But you can, but it's I thought it would have been cool if they just kept him in reflection. Or if you if they didn't show him as much. But I love the fact that he was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
It didn't really detract from me at all. Okay. It well, detracted from me only because Tarkin was so obviously CGI. I, and I get that, that you have to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I give them a lot of props for using them as little as they did. I think they had an understanding that that was going to be a bit jarring in comparison to the rest of the surroundings. I, I do wish they'd used a little bit more tricks. Reflections are great because you can kind of blur it mm-hmm. and play with it. And you don't quite notice that... The detail on CGI, they've come a long way. It's still not good enough to, to pass for, for an actual person. Well, it's, it just, it's it the isn't. Uncanny Valley. It's like it's never going to get yeah. to the point, I think, where you we're absolutely going to be like, the, that the, is a person. The question I have, though, is now, it is slightly an ethical question. Okay, so now we've had Grand Admiral Tarkin back in. Moff. Grand Moff Tarkin, sorry. I, I've been watching He Rebels. was just Governor Tarkin. Yeah. Movie, so, um, let's just... So, he... Um, they had him back in, and he's been dead for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but Carrie Fisher just passed away. Yeah. Too soon. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I know where you're going with that. I don't know. What's stopping them? Her primary, um, filming was already done for eight. For For eight. eight. But I'm talking nine, she could, they could have her appear as a, uh, as a hologram, as, you know, one of their message holograms. That's how she's in the movie. But you know, they still are going to have to answer that. But that's, that's, we're talking now. Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah, Let's stay yeah, focused so, on, yeah. on on Rogue yeah. One, but yeah. I mean, but that is. A but no, no, it's, it, it, it's that. Tar- while I enjoyed Tarkin, I thought he was a good addition. He was menacing. He was everything that he was he sort wasn't of essential in. for how it yeah. ended. Let's not. Yeah. I, I think yes. he was an important part of yeah. that story. Right. Still, but it raises an ethical question to that me: is, that yeah. where do we get? You know, where does the line well, stop? Well, I think honestly, the fact that you look at the credits <clears> of that movie and it was, it mentioned the estate of Peter Cushing. Gave the thumbs yeah. up on that. Yeah. So, there so there's the ethics right yeah. there. Yeah. His family was more than okay with it. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's <coughs> if the family's okay with it, it's fine. It's just a question of how the, the fans would react. You know what? I When I saw Tarkin on screen for the first time, and I was like, I wasn't quite sure what I was like looking at for a second. I'm like, CG? What does it look like? What, what's going on in my brain? What was this look alike with CG on it over top? Yeah. And yeah. It was what it was. And it was another actor who was somebody who was uh, the Minister of Magic. In Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Which that, one? Uh, in the final films. He was the one that took over. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I think it's Henry Ian or Henry uh, Allen or something like that. I can't remember the actor's name offhand. Going further back, Brandon Lee's finish on uh, The Crow. The Crow. Lookalikes. Lookalikes and makeup. Yeah. So it's, oh. it's not a new thing, but. You know, Help, Paul, uh, like, uh, who are the Marlon Brando in, in um, Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. You know, yeah. they, they've done this before. Who are the other three? Because the, the, he was the only one that was obvious to me as CGI. Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Leia. I Leia, thought you told me that that. I'm apparently very wrong on that. Really? Her, that was CGI. I'll yeah. tell you what. Their utilization. It was another. It was, it another was another an actress with doing the same thing. With a mat to, to shade. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. She was a lot more believable to me than Tarkin was. Well, think about it. She was but she was also on screen for three seconds. Which is fine. 30 seconds, you don't have a lot of time to react to it. And you're also now talking about a 19-year-old Carrie Fisher. And the other two, um, they were flashed on the screen a couple times. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you think about it, though, too. It's a lot easier to probably recreate somebody's face that looks younger than somebody that's older that's now has got... There's pockmarks and... I, I all these little things. had less problem with Tarkin than I did with Leia. Really? Yeah. I actually, you know what? I oh, kind of walked okay. away from looking at Tarkin. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm looking at somebody that's been dead for 20 years and gave a full performance. The only thing that threw me off were the dark circles under his eyes. Yeah, yeah. it was a little, a little excess, excess the, the, pink. I will say that this movie did like that scene where Darth, you know, or the rebels are turn around in the hallway. 
and then the lightsaber lights up. Holy oh my god. god, that was awesome. That and was now all I want is a Darth Vader movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> his own independent amazing. movie? His own independent movie where <laughs> the he is the villain. Where he is the honest to god villain, and it's like a horror movie. Only, only if half the movie <laughs> is about him being a villain, and the other half is him on downtimes. Where he like drops a helmet and he's like. <sighs> well, we got more to the Vader. What's Va- on Netflix? We got more to the Vader mythos since Disney opted and Lucasfilm rebooted. Yeah. We now know, for example, like full on Vader's castle is on Mustafar, which I think is yeah, really yeah. unique. Is like his castle was always on somewhere else, and they had Doug Chang, who has been the artist on Star Wars since Episode One was in production. And did uh, the special uh, special editions. He added all the additional art and all these other things. And he's been there as part of Lucasfilm since episode one and stayed on. And he was like, well, we created this and there's a lot more to this castle. And we're not done with it in this world, in this saga. He's like, this is on top of a Sith cave. That's why he lives there. It's a place of power mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And he's like, we did all these things for good reasons. But it um, was. I love the idea they said... The storyboard and design reasons for it, though, too, were it was forcing Vader to constantly live out his biggest failure, which was falling to Obi-Wan in that Mm -hmm. fight. I will say I think the weakest part of the movie, and I might be in a minority here, uh, what was the main character's name again? Jin. Jin Jin Erso. I thought her flip from... Nice. I thought her flip from... All they care about is my father to rebellions are built on hope wasn't earned. I thought that speech should have come from the the male lead, whose yeah. name I also can't remember. Well, that's who she <laughs> stole it from. Yeah, I know, yeah. but he should have been the one giving that speech Cassie. at the round table. Yeah, round table. Her giving it just felt like, oh, we have to give it to the main character. And I didn't think that turn was earned by the character. I agree with that because I feel like she needed to do a little, like there needed to be a little bit more of a transition, I think, between, or just seen like a little bit more of seeding with that Mm -hmm. character um, because she was staunchly the one way and then did a complete 180 for no, like she should have hated the rebellion more because they killed her father. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, well, I mean, the that X-wing shot up the, pla- what, yeah. the platform he was standing I, honestly, on. Honestly, I expected that, and I was a yeah. little surprised. Like, I um, mean, I really, I loved the movie, but um, character-wise, I thought again, but like, my I thought, characters I, it, were not. It was. <laughs> I thought the background characters, uh, yeah. the robot, the 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 two Jedi guards, and the pilot were far more interesting than the two leads. Yeah. Um, you know what? Honestly, I think it, it culminated in a really perfect. Yeah, group. And I think what it reminded me the most of is, like, me and Fish have played playing, playing games. Yeah. Yes, we have played yeah. Star Wars together, me and Fish. And it reminded me, like, this feels like campaigns I have played. And I'm like, and it's characters that felt developed to a good point. These are the two people that the GM wrote the story for. But everybody else jumped in. and It's like, over. hey, we're going to the tavern to get drunk. And it was, hey, look. There's the two temple guards that are stealing the scenes, and the druid that it wants to get a quip line in every time the other two people are trying so to let, roll their moves. Let me tell you, that was one it was, was probably one of the best death, death scenes in the movie was when with K two with K two oh. when oh he died. Oh my god, that hurt. slayed me. I was like, Ooh. wow, that yeah. that was pretty. That was pretty good. And yeah. the um, uh, crap, I lost his name again. The, Cheers. The, what, what? Cheer, yeah. Cheer, the blind, yeah, yeah the blind guy, Donnie, Donnie, amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're listening to this, you've watched it. You've already had your heart torn out. Every death I felt was earned. Yes. Yes. Uh, That was. And let me tell you, thank God, you know, I I was pretty sure going into it that none of them were going to survive, and good for them for sticking to their guns. Evidently, the director didn't realize that, that all of them were going to die. Uh, I don't know. When when they wrote it, Mm -hmm. is that what you were... Uh, actually, yeah, it was one of the things they were gonna, they were doing is they wanted to have all the characters die. They yeah. built the script not that direction because they did never thought ever that Lucasfilm or Disney was going to allow them to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? Somebody, no, no, yeah. No, no, I'm not Somebody literally said, "Shouldn't everybody die?" And they're like, "You're going to let us do that?" And they're like. Yeah, it makes the most sense for this story. And he's like, oh, happened. thank God. And they were like, they were ready to go. They already had it plotted. Had there been a punch out, oh, look, a miracle happened. It would have taken away from the stark realities of what they were doing. Why in some of the trailers you see Jin running along on the beach and it never happens in the movie. Why you see her dart up on oh. that platform when she's hitting that switch and there's that TIE fighter that comes up and floats right above her. Son of a... There's a ton of sequences. If you go back and watch any of the trailers I'm going to now film, watch the yeah. trailers. That are not involved in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. That's a very subtle message but, for Lucasfilms to pump out, well, dude. That's well, well done. Well, one of the things that was really big, and oh, there was man. a lot of worry about this movie before this came out, where a lot of people were, were very concerned because there was reports that they were doing s- severe massive reshoots on this film that were costing millions and millions of dollars with a different director. So everybody was very concerned that Gareth Edwards did not deliver this Star Wars film, didn't have the tone that a Star Wars film was supposed to have, all this stuff. All they were doing was reshooting the back part of that movie with the ending that they wanted originally, but they had to wait for the thumbs up. So all those sequences where you see director credits... Uh, cloak floating in the water as they're walking out and the stormtroopers are walking through the water of the beach. Those were all completely different sequences that were meant to be done. And that was shot very early on before that they got approval on the script that they wanted. See, now I'm, now I'm questioning less if it was a, a, a subliminal like nod by the people that cut the trailers. I'm torn between that and they were simply using stock footage that wasn't in the movie... But so they that enjoyed that it looked good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I'd like to think that they it was a subliminal sure nod. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going with it was a nod. I'm going with a nod because I like 3D chess. Can we talk about how awesome the soundtrack was? It was beautiful. Phenomenal. And how like it was, it was, it wasn't John Williams. It was, um, it was a Michael, Michael Gugino. Is that his name? Yeah. Who had four weeks to score this movie. Wow. Really? Yeah. For so for ev- evidently the Holy the God. other the other composer something happened um I don't know if it if it just wasn't working out but he literally had 4 weeks what? from the time he got the job to the time they started um recording. So that's going to go down in the that's annals really of history. That's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other really Holy notable uh, moments and like everybody was talking about deaths and there's a death specifically that nobody's brought up that is probably the most important. And in the actual dogfight, when they're trying to take Red, down the ships, Red, Red Five, Five is killed. Which is later what Luke's call sign is, because there is no longer a Red Five and Red Red Squadron. It also did a very good job of explaining why there was such a there was a, there was, only a, there was, there was a small no pocket of fighters left. Yeah, there was a small pocket of fighters. There was no big capital ships left. On Yavin 4, it was because everybody was leaving already. They were at the Battle of Scarif or was destroyed. There was an right. entire other squadron. We saw Blue Squadron. Mm-hmm. Does, does anybody remember the Corvette trying to go into uh, light speed? That was fantastic. Dude, it was like, Zdong! Yeah. 
Oh, so good. And one of the coolest sequences we ever saw in space of them having using one of their the Corvette ships to ram. propel and ram a Star Destroyer into another one. A disabled Star Destroyer. Yeah. Yes. It, Which they wouldn't have been so able to win cool that to fight. See. It was such a unique sequence, but it felt so Star Wars. Well, it makes you, makes you wonder about the design in general. Why the hell else would they have such a reinforced cockpit if they weren't actually meant to, to push shit in battle, in my opinion? I... Mm-hmm. Ah, I know there's too so many details. Two cameos, very specific. I know. I don't know anybody else at this table except for maybe Fish that'll catch it. That made me geek the fuck out. One, we get the ghost, which is Hera's ship from Star Wars Rebels in the fight of Scarif. You even hear her name brought up really quickly when they're on Yavin uh, and said, uh, "Captain Sindula, please," Gen- re- or "General Sindula, please report." <laughs> She's a captain during the time of Rebels, so we know she bumps up. And they did confirm 100% nail. That is indeed Hera. So anybody that's a big fan of Rebels knows right off the bat, Hera is alive. And the one cool thing that they did say, well, David... At least was alive Well, actually, here's point. the cool thing, yeah. is David Filoni, the guy that did <coughs> Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels currently, he said, before Rebels is done, we will see the Battle of Scarif through the eyes of the Ghost crew. That's before awesome. Before that show is finished. So, which is pretty cool. And they said that will be based on whoever is still aboard the Ghost at that point in time. Yeah, the other one is Chopper from Rebels is also on Gavin Base. Huh. So <coughs> the um, I thought the I, I I really did I like I walked out of that and went that was everything I wanted from Force Awakens that I didn't get. And um, I know I'm in the minority of not really... I, I really enjoyed Force Awakens. You know what? It brought me back to Star Wars in a way that I didn't think was still there for me. Or it was. I knew, but I, it was a great rekindling of everything. I still think Force Awakens was necessary in the way it was presented to bring back the attention, to yes. bring back the love, mm-hmm. in a way to nod to those. It said, here's the characters you love. Years. This is the things that you loved about Star Wars. It's all here, but at the same time, that was the background. And the most important part was all the new characters you fell in love with. Yeah. I think if Rogue One had come out first and then Force Awakens, I would not have liked Force Awakens as much as I did because Rogue One is such a superior, I feel, a superior movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, um, I can't wait for the next one. So any other last big major <laughs> points uh, we want to bring up about Rogue One? Did everybody catch the nod to Back to the Future? Which bit? Oh. No. Oh, okay. Um, bring it. Brody, the pilot, yeah. Yeah. is trying to get the comm line connected to the ship and what happens oh yeah that was good oh yeah it gets caught and he can't quite mm-hmm. reach oh. so he has to run back wow mm-hmm. oh. it's a no, very dark brown ass manages to get it in did the not, time did right not notice he blows that. up i oh god that tore at me too because holy uh, uh would it ever actually the one uh, character uh, or well actually two characters like we didn't talk about that, quick, that feels like that's important to bring up director krennic what did everybody think about krennic uh as a villain well done, villain, I thought. I thought he was actually more well-defined than most of the other Star Wars villains. Yeah. Like, very pushed, like, his goal was pure power. Yeah, I mean, it's I, kind of funny, he's obsessed with it, and after he dies, you see Tarkin turn that way. Mm-hmm. It's not even that he's obsessed with power, I think he's more upset, more obsessed with... I think he thinks if he gets power, it gives him position. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't... He's not concerned with him taking the... Death Star away from him. He's concerned about losing his position. On he, the, he wants the glory. Yeah. Uh, and the other character that we haven't mentioned so far, Saul Guerrero, who is somebody that we know we know that he exists in the Star Wars. Wars Clone Wars yep. in the animated series and is about to come into Rebels for the very first time. 
and voiced by Forrest Whitaker uh, on that show as well. Um, so, which is pretty cool. So, I'm um, assuming we'll get his backstory then. Well, we've already seen a bit of it. Well, he's already we've already seen him as an extremist fighter, um, but now we're going to see a little bit more of him. Uh, what did you guys think of his character? Forrest Whitaker rules. Sorry. Forrest Whitaker was great. great. I thought it was a waste of Forrest Whitaker. I thought that Saul Guerrero should have gone with him. <laughs> he wouldn't have made it. Uh, one of the things I think that was kind of cool is he was kind of a reverse invader. Yeah. He had the respirator, uh, a lot of robotic limbs. So, like, you've seen... This is the first time we've seen somebody as, you know, pronounced on screen that has... Cybernetics. Cy- cybernetics. Yeah. Like, we've seen Anakin and Luke, but we've never really seen anybody else. It was cool to see Saul as somebody that had, you know, robotics to him. Hey, so, man. Lobot getting ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I will also say that I thought the... Uh, Test firings were an interesting way to get around the fact that the, that the first shot of Death Star was all around. I thought about that too. Planet yeah. killing. It yeah. did sort of limit what they could do with it in yeah. Uh, in but Rogue it's like one. we're only yeah. firing one cylinder. And it, and it made for some really great screenwriting. Like, yeah. and I believe the line was, "We want a message, not a manifesto." Yeah. Which I was like, "This is perfect." And then also we we talked about it before, but Vader punning. So the, that was some oh really God. great screen. Choking on your aspirations. <laughs> and very, very odd. It was actually, and it, I know a lot of people actually, apparently that pissed off. Really? Um, I, I actually was like, that's all fantastic. All the pun haters. Like, it's Anakin couldn't have a slight sense of humor buried like, beneath all that he's a human. He's a human being to exactly. begin with. That's the thing. torture. You know? That's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's him being an asshole. Um, <laughs> So, all right, our, our final things that we want to talk about real quick with Rogue, uh, Rogue One, um, if there's anything we haven't talked about yet, uh, let's start with TJ. I'll say, I think if you sit down and think about it, the, probably the reason people were pissed off about the pun is because it didn't feel like Vader. Because when you see Vader that time, he's high, he's up here, he's, you know, everything he's done has been good and... And he's won, and then by the at the end of the movie, you see the first in a series of failures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will cost him a lot. Yeah, mm. um, I think uh, one of the things that's kind of like I said, I, the, the best thing I think I saw as far as a joke on that pun is like, hey, he could have been. I was like, that was so wizard. And no. At least he didn't say that. It's okay. I have one question: Was anybody confused? About when the movie took place? Going no. into it or coming out of it? No. No. Okay. I was fairly certain going into it, it took place like minutes before. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Very quickly, New Hope was going to start. <laughs> People um, who we hear her talk about it prior to the actual premiere were like, oh, well, we can't tell you when it takes place because that's a big twist. And I didn't yes, understand yeah. why because yes, I figured that. I yeah. Yeah. Not a big like, twist there are articles out there explaining the ending. It, the like, really? Oh, well, oh. you've got a much younger generation of people around, too. you got to bear that in mind. Remember, we're though, talking about something that, that came I've out heard, before I've I was heard born. they've tapped George Lucas. Don't to, say that. <laughs> I'm going to hit the next person who says that. Says what? Go ahead, say it. Oh, I was going to say it. I've heard they um, tapped George Lucas for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. So. It's their franchise if, you know. It's not a sequel. Um, 
It's a that's story. the problem with that. Wait, it that's the problem with that sentence. It's, it's a, a separate story. I, I get that from the saga, <laughs> but that's your issue: is that it's, it's not a sequel. Of, hey, not you know, George Lucas being very, very fast sideline, and I'm not. I'm going to skip my final moments. Is uh, Legends of Tomorrow uh, episode nine of this? Oh season. yeah, I heard about this. They go back to 1968 because a prolific filmmaker drops out of film school, and it forces Ray and Nate Haywood to lose all of their knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. And it's because Ray got got obsessed with Star Wars and made him want to be an engineer, and Nate became uh, a historian because of Indiana Jones. They have to go back and save a young George Lucas. That's the entire plot of that episode. Brilliant. Interesting. I have no idea what you're talking about. Legends of Tomorrow. You'll know about that shortly when you get catch up in Flash and Arrow. So, uh, Fish, your final thoughts on Rogue One. Um... The... I just have to wonder who's going to go back for uh, Jim's Kyber crystal at some point on... Um, why can't I think of the name of the planet? The... Scarif. Scarif, thank you. Um, who's going to go back for that at some point? Is it going to come back? Is it just a throwaway item that everybody's going to forget about? I mean, I, I have a feeling it's a throwaway. A Kyber crystal. Aww. I'm sure that Kyber crystal got kind of disintegrated. Is I'm there? Sure. Is there in the... I would disagree with that okay. because of the nature of kyber crystals and super lasers. Also, nobody knew she had it. Well, no, the people who knew she had it are now dead. You're you're the local resident uh, master of the expanded universe. Hey, again, it's not necessarily her kyber crystal. Kyber crystals call to the Jedi who they're supposed to That's belong fair. to. Yeah. So, in my mind, I'm still wondering who's going to go. And actually, this is the very first mention in, in the Star Wars films. Of a kyber, kyber crystals yeah. for the is, very first time. Is there any EU lore on her kyber crystal? Out of curiosity, no, no, no. no. She's no. A okay, so they can a whole new character. Uh, the only thing I can say they is, can do they originally, the original plan was Jin's mother was going to be a Jedi, uh, okay. and they changed changed that last minute. Hmm. So she was going to be a Jedi Knight it, or a Jedi Knight in hiding. She, yeah. yeah, she would not have been dispatched as easily mm-hmm. had that been different. Indeed. Aaron, your final thoughts. Uh, I want to go see it for a second and third time. Because I, I know there are things that I missed on the first viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kat, your final thoughts. Um, I was really happy with K2 primarily because, I, it, honestly, like I like anything that reminds me of um, Knights of the Old Republic. And HK47. HK47, and I loved that. That game is so awesome. Yeah, he was definitely, <laughs> I think, one of my favorite characters in that. Yeah. Fesh, final thoughts. You know, I mean, it wasn't Trailer Park Boys in Europe. <laughs> but, oh, no, Christ I'm sake. kidding. An amazing movie. An amazing movie. Uh, very, very, I don't know. It, it did itself justice. It did justice to the franchise. Um, I, I think it's going to be enshrined to the ages, honestly. So... Um, I think mine, honestly, really is just the fact that this did for Vader so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story was a, a ton of fun, but it made Vader truly a, a horrific villain. On-screen villain. Like, he's always been iconic. This made him so much more frightening. Um, and I got to... that one scene. It, well, it, it, you... was, it was 
a matter of minutes. Yeah. But not even that, though. But it was so much, so cool to see those tiny little things. His castle on Mustafar, him in the back to tank, and seeing him, like, we've only ever seen him with the helmet off in Empire. Yeah. Yeah. And now we see that, like, he's bathing and kind of reflecting with the Imperial Guard around him while he's at his most vulnerable. Uh, you know, he's got aides that are coming to him in fear of him. All these little things. You it's don't... adding so much more to Vader's mythos. And they did it in such a short amount of time. Yeah, You don't often get to see him in his element against lesser opponents. Right. Because most of the time he's either administrating at a high level or he's fighting someone that's close to his equal. Mm-hmm. This was one of the rare opportunities, much like the beginning of New, A New Hope, where you get to see exactly how devastating he can be against non, you know, uh, force-capable opponents. It was Vader unleashed, honestly. Yeah, and it's chilling. It's absolutely chilling. it was that great line. It was that, felt like a throwaway line of, what are we going to do about, you know, the rebels getting away, you know. Lord Vader will handle it. Lord, and it was just, just Lord Vader is going to handle it, and he did. That is literally all I wanted out of the movie was for, I knew everybody was going to die going into it, and I literally it said like the day before, you know, all I want out of the movie is for Vader to just destroy the fleet. And he did. And then I will know that Vader's doing his job the way he's supposed to be doing it. And the second they were like, should we start targeting the fleet? And Tarkin said, no, let Vader handle the fleet. <laughs> I was and so that happy. Moment, from there to the end, it was just chilling. Mm-hmm. From that to that final moment of Leia, is like, what is this? Hope. So, and it's that that last line of that film feels like it means so much more coming off of this week. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's the best thing we can say about Star Wars Rogue One, except is it deserves to be a Star Wars film. It makes us, I think, more, I can think everybody feels this way now, that much more excited for that Han Solo film that they're going to do. Yep. Uh, it sounds Very like Bo- so. Boba Fett I is going to be after that. So, I think as much as we've all been excited about Episode Eight, I think it's not even just that anymore. But the future of Star Wars, Disney's proved that they're willing to make the hard calls <laughs> and make these films the way that they should be. Yeah, and yeah. props to Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm and Disney for saying, "Do it. Find the best people to do it and go." Yep. So. Um, so that was our spoiler cast for Star Wars Rogue One. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you're listening to this, but Good if you point. have seen it, <laughs> go, go see it again. Yes, because <laughs> I think that's what we all want to do now. So thanks, guys, and we'll see you in January. Peace. Peace.